Listen, everybody, if you're buying supplements, and everybody knows you do, make sure you go to FusionMuscle.com. They're supporting us. We're making a little bank, hoping to get some audio equipment. I know everybody's been saying you need to boost the audio six-pack. Well, it's coming, and every single time you buy something at FusionMuscle.com and use the promo code KOTL25, guess what? We're a little bit closer. So help us. You like the podcast, you like the content, and you want to see the audio boosted up, help us out. If you're already buying supplements, go to FusionMuscle.com and use KOTL25 and we're going to get there. Now let's start this podcast. Six-pack lap it at, and uh, we got Kathy Fitness as the co-host today. And um, so today we got John Hack. Everybody's buzzing on his big 2,000-pound, 907.5 total he hit. In huge. Tribute. Huge. Historic. Um, he's the first guy in his weight class. So in the untested, it's 82.5 kilo weight class, which is 181 pounds. And the first ever, and he did this in, in sleeves, I should say, because in the untested, there's, it's split between right. wraps and sleeves. Okay, so he did that in sleeves. Mm-hmm. Day before that, the first gentleman to do it in wraps was Cody. He did it um, the day before him in wraps, which is huge as well. Right. But then it just happened to get overshadowed when the very next day a guy does it in sleeves. Like, God damn. Yeah. Even if they were like a month apart, he would have got a little more shine for that month. Right. No In fact, it happens the next day. It's kind of like, damn it, man. You took a little bit of my steam here. But um, both great performances. But it automatically started bringing the debate. Was that possibly like one of the best powerlifting performances we'd ever seen? And immediately, everybody starts comparing it to Jesse Norris and his Reebok Record Breakers 2015-2033 total, which is uh, 920 or 922.5. Can you actually want to break that conversion out? Do you have your calculator? I had this. I had this written down. Hang on a second. I might still. 922.5. That's what it is. So... Everyone started debating whose performance is is, uh, is greater in terms of like historical significance. Obviously, John Hack, a weight class below that close, you'd say John Hack. People raise their hand and say, well, hold up. You're losing the context of history. In 2015, for someone to do that was absolutely ridiculous. It was more than he- super heavyweights do. Right. Oh, by the way, he did it as a junior. So... It's not quite as simple. There's so many like less people competing at that time period. Well, well. that the debate, the the comeback to that would be, um, kind of what you said. Is that a pro or a con? Because you could also say exactly. You could say, well, yeah, he was at the time so far ahead. It is unfathomable. There's also so much less competition. Was John Hack now to rise to the top of the talent pool has to surpass so many more individuals. You know, like like the talent pool now is swollen to be the best of the best now. Um, so there's basically there's no easy answer is what oh, I'm yeah. trying to say. But you, it's, it's funny because um, looking at like the news, and this just isn't for our sport, but yeah. 
you were telling about... Yeah, like, you can make that... Drake. Exactly. Like, the one thing... I was reading an article the other day where Drake recently beat one of the Beatles records. I think the Beatles hold... What is it? I could have my numbers wrong, but they have about 34, like... Or no, I think you... So, 30... Was it... Drake hit 34, they got 33? Drake... Oh, I have right here. So, compared to the Beatles, they have 34 on the top charts. Drake now holds 35. For top charting songs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, for one thing, when you're thinking of the Beatles, like, they did that back then with just selling purely, like, people going in and buying physical records. Yeah. Now, in today's days, like, people are streaming on Spotify, Apple Music, like, it's a lot easier to get, like, your record played in this day and age when you're comparing music records. Like 100 So... Um, yeah, and, and in terms of like, I think this is, that's the second record he took from them. There's, yeah. there was, so last year, 2018, Drake beat the Beatles in terms of, um, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in terms of charts in the, like chart topping singles in the same year, they had 10, he took 11. So that was the first time he beat the Beatles and everyone's like, holy shit, like the Beatles, man. Yeah. He beats the, everyone knows the, the Beatles. Yeah years before any of us were born, me, not quite as many years as yourself, right. but still, before either one of us, and we all know the Beatles. Yeah. And then, so Drake's like, that's a huge kudos to Drake. Oh, yeah. This year, not just within the uh, year time frame, but overall in general, he's now surpassed them in chart topping. Yeah. So people are like, so tell them a story about how people got a little upset. Oh, we don't want to get too off topic, but... No, man, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do this, because this is... I love a good so, debate. Drake gets a tattoo, and so on the tattoo, you see the figures of the Beatles walking down Abbey Road. Like, you know, it's a pretty popular image. Iconic. Iconic, Look exactly. at like, the Strongman show. That show Strongman, they replicated them walking across Abbey Road. Again, like, it's iconic. But here's the kicker. At the front is standing an image, arguably Drake waving at them like so a lot of people are saying like he's that laughing is, them. exactly that's drake just kind of saying like i beat you i'm ahead of you so people are like man that's disrespectful of Beatles. so i mean we're not in drake's head we don't know what he's saying but you see well, that and it's like that's that's a cocky tattoo right that's there, cocky. i think that's cocky <laughs> so and this just goes to in terms of like comparing two different people from two different eras but um l- let's talk about this for one second to put in perspective because you did hit the nail on the head Drake right now, if I want an album, I don't get off my couch. I download it right there. Mm-hmm. If I want, just in terms of the population, is so much greater. We're talking like talent pool and powerlifting, you know, in the last four years from 2015 to 2019. How many more individuals are floating around? So how many more people will watch a live stream? Just because there's more people, like in terms of um, people who powerlift. And that's really who, we, who our fans are, our powerlifters themselves. In terms of the population from the 60s to now, have swollen. The size, the cities, everything. In terms of how you get from A to B to C, the Beatles crossing the Atlantic was fucking huge. They called it the British Invasion. When they touched down, droves of people showed up. Just in terms of how like information is shared, music is shared, everything. What the Beatles did in the 60s in comparing to what Drake's doing now... I don't think Drake's impact, it's big. Oh, But his impact is not, when they touched down in the US, fucking people lost their damn minds. There were people who will forever remember the day the Beatles stepped off that plane. For sure. Like it was like parades were happening 
if you wanted the album, you physically walked down to the you store. You went to the store to buy it. <laughs> and waited in a lineup for days, and it might be sold out by the time you got into the store. It, like I remember back order to find another store you're driving around. It was, like, it was I gotta nuts. buy this record. <laughs> it was like, like it's hard to, to explain the impact they had. And, and like when they would show up at a place and you're like, oh my God, that's them. Because seeing them was difficult. Mm-hmm. I can't just hop on. Didn't even have cell phone, but yeah. I could hop on a cell phone and view videos on them, pictures on them, and just digest it that easily. Now you know I what I mean? Can't even think of like album being sold out. Like this what? is bef- <laughs> my, this is before the internet. Yeah, television was relatively speaking new. Like the amount of channels they had back in the day, they had like they they might have had double digit channels. You understand? Like there was nothing. Yeah. It, like how difficult when it was for them to show up on the um, Ed Sullivan show was like historic event then, and everyone will remember the day they were on the Ed Sullivan show, and he was like the big late night talk show, like let alone podcasts, let alone all the shit we have. It's just a completely different era. Yeah. So when you compare numbers, like I'm fucking lapping you fellas, and I'm ahead of you now. Some people be like, ah, like it's I don't. It's a lot more accessible right now, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, man. Like, like a ten year old could hop on their phone and download your album. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, and do like there, there are kids who are like nine years old who have fucking phones now oh. and apps and the whole nine. Like, it's just it's a different ball game these yeah. days. So it's it's tough to debate who's surpassing who and who's got a more of an impact and who's more of an icon. I'm not saying Drake's not an icon right now. But historically speaking, is he gonna, is he doing what the Beatles did? Right, right. I don't know, man. Like when Drake touched down in UK, were they saying this is the Canadian invasion? Probably, I, probably I, not. I haven't heard that yet. <laughs> I haven't heard it. When Drake goes into the US, they're like, oh my god, this is the Canadian invasion. Is is Drake even the biggest? Like, has Drake surpassed? Like, put it this way, the Beatles were by far the biggest of their era. Mm-hmm. Drake is a solo artist. Is he bigger and a bigger icon than a current guy like Eminem, who's still current? Is Eminem still current? I guess he's still making. For dude, where you you been, man? He he's got the biggest selling album. Oh, for, yeah. So, so for sure, he's still current. He's currently the number. So one So I didn't guy. mean like not still current. I just mean like he isn't making like like he'll make me like he made his album last year and, and like he'll piece drop out. stuff. And yeah, yeah, like yeah. and stuff. I'm just saying but he's not regularly putting out. I would music say right now. I would say because Drake's been around for the past ten years. Yeah. So is Eminem. They're in the same era. Yeah, okay. It's 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 we can compare them. We're not comparing two different yeah, eras, okay. I would say. Eminem's was this era and then another ten years before Drake. Right, right. But still their eras are overlapping. Yeah. But the point I was making is like like when the Beatles are around, it's just the Beatles and everybody's fucking nuts about the Beatles. Drake might not even be the number one guy in his own era. Right. Let alone saying he's bigger than these monsters in other eras. Does Eminem have the most most sales for, for him? Eminem's got the biggest sales okay. of all time. He's the biggest selling uh, hip hop artists of all time, regardless, and um, like his last album destroyed everybody, like last year, right? Um, like just destroyed, it. and then this new shit now that he's putting out with Logic and whatnot. Yeah, he's like, done some good dope, features. Man, he's he's <laughs> he's killing the game. So it's hard. That's another way. But again, I mean, I'm sure if we go back in time, and I'm losing a little bit of my timeline here. What maybe there was someone that was around that rivaled the Beatles. There probably was at the was time. Was Elvis already done by then? I don't know. Oh, uh, my I am my history is bad. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, maybe someone's going to be like, well, if you know your music history. Yeah. Still, I just feel like, yeah, it might have been a cocky moment. Yeah. <laughs> is it okay to, like, so is it okay to be cocky and feeling yourself? Or do you think? 
Well, I think with the generation we have now who's following Drake, like, they don't really follow the Beatles, so, like, to his fans, they'll just be like, whatever. I feel it's more the older they don't guys even, who are saying it's disrespectful. Some people <laughs> don't even know the Abbey Road. Like, look at this. is Put this. The Beatles are before either one of us were even alive. Right. We didn't experience it. Right. But yet we both know, oh, shit. Like, I'm a good 15 years apart from you. Mm-hmm. And still we both know. And neither one of us are around for that. But we both know, historically speaking, I don't know if you should be doing that. What do you think it is that makes us feel that way? I feel it's just... Because we weren't there for it. We're not right. protecting our youth. Like, some no. people would be like, these are old heads trying to protect their youth. Like, well, neither one of us... I'm not even, per se, a Beatles fan, but I just think it's, like, just respect for an icon of that time, you know? That's, I think that's what it is. Yeah. You always respect an icon, even if you're not, like, you're just like, go easy. Yeah. Like, there's some kind of respect for OGs that, I don't know what it is, whatever it is, sports, whatever, where you're like, nah... Like, for instance, fucking Floyd Mayweather is now, like, I'm the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm 50 and 0. No one else has ever done that. That's cool. Sugar Ray Robinson, who fought in the 40s and 50s and 60s, had 200 fights. And at one point was 126 wins, one loss. Right. So, proportionally, that... 126 <laughs> wins, one loss. Oh, and by the way, his one loss... He beat that guy five times in return. Right. Kind of different. Exactly. So you're 50 and 0. That's cute. That year or career-wise? That's where Sugar Ray would be. Because, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Goes, oh, that would be a good year. Oh, no, not year. That was my career. Man, he, Sugar Ray, like... that was your whole career? 50? Because that was my 1952 <laughs> campaign. Let alone. A, so that's where people... And this generation, if all you know is Floyd Mayweather, you don't know no better. There was a guy in the 40s, 50s, 60s, doing it way longer, fought 200 times, and his record was ridiculous. Yeah, that's what makes these cross-generational arguments so fun. It's tough. And and here's, oh, and by the way, um, in the 40s, 50s, the the amount of boxers, because no one, how many boxers do you know personally? I can't name that many. And you've been around, (laughs) and you've been around athletes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you, but how many like other sports you know? Nobody boxes now. If you look at how many license, you have to have a license to box. Mm-hmm. How many licensed boxers there is in this day and age, and how many licensed boxers there was in the forties and fifties on the street corner of every major city, there was a boxer. There was our boxing gym. Sorry, mm-hmm. the amount of people boxing. We're talking about rising to the top of the talent pool. It was literally four to five times as many young men boxing. In the 40s and 50s and 60s. Because of guys like Sugar Ray, Muhammad Ali. It was like one, the premier sport. They weren't, they weren't losing the youth to other sports back in the day. Right. So the rise to the top then, if there's four to five times more people, is four to five times harder. Whereas now, when there's five times less people, yeah, going 50 and 0 is going to be a little easier than, let's say... When there's five times more people going 126 and one, that's fucking, you know what I mean? Where yeah. it's just perspective. Taking this, taking this discussion just one step further, a couple years back, Sports Science did a really good piece where they're comparing, are athletes actually getting better or is the technology getting better? So they're kind of, you know, comparing like track athletes, just athletes across different disciplines. I remember one where they're talking about how, like, even just, like, the new spikes or, like, the new track, like, the new tracks are actually a bit more, I don't know the science kind of, but, like, they allowed a bit more balance when you're sprinting. So they're just kind of talking about how, like, are athletes getting better? Or is it a combination of both? Or are, like, 
the equipment getting better. So it's using tests to compare it both. And that was very interesting. You know what? No, that's a really good point because they did the exact same thing with swimming. And um, it, like in the women's where it's more of a full body, um, the, the actual swimsuit they wear now is far more. You cut through the water. And, and it, it sounds like. Yeah, there's less drag on the swimsuits. And it, <laughs> if I was to quote numbers, you'd be like, how much less drag? Mm-hmm. And I would say like. For a tough for, athlete. You win different. by fractions. Look, yeah. at, we're talking. If you run the 100 meters, the difference between a 10 second and a 9.8. We're talking point two mm-hmm. is changing between first place and you didn't make it at all. Exactly. You're an eight. Like it's ridiculous. So if I tell you I'm going to reduce the drag by fractions, yes, man. So there is a debate mm-hmm. where it's like, are athletes that much better? Because our ego is we're always bigger, faster, stronger. Yeah. And I'm sure they are to an extent. Yeah, because training principles obviously get better too as you learn more as well. But if your particular sport was five times the talent pool at one point, and the, I, would, I would say, look, at if, if there was five times more people in this era – in the era you're in, even if we're, we're going by, we have to be bigger, faster, stronger today. If this guy rose to the top of a talent pool five times greater, I'm still going to side that way. Mm. If I'm thinking about it, like mm-hmm. he beat out five times more people than you had to. And if we're talking, look, this is just going back to the boxing situation. When it comes to fighting, the intangibles are usually bigger. Like you could be bigger, faster, stronger. This dude just is like, he's not giving up. He reads you better. He's got the fight IQ right. in terms of that, that mind, the way he processes information. There's certain things you can't teach. Same with like quarterbacking with football. When you read the play, mm-hmm. there's football IQ. The athlete be damned. There's a mind, like a brilliant mind that you just can't replicate. 100%. You know, probably the same with basketball, same with with hockey, like Wayne Gretzky, the way he read plays. He had a crazy amount of, uh, of goals. He also had a shitload of assists. The way he could read the play, he wasn't a big, huge guy. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's just all... There's other intangibles in there that you don't want to just knock down. Some people, there's that recency bias where it's like, well, if, if you're to the top nowadays, I'm just going to assume we're better than we used to be. So you're better than if anybody previously went head-to-head with you, they would lose. Mm-hmm. There is that going on. Oh, that happens yeah. all like a lot. Yeah, I'm just going to assume because you're from this era, you'd beat everybody else in every other era. And um, I mean, like, like it kills me when people talk like that about Muhammad Ali. Mm. I'm a huge Muhammad Ali. I'm all over Muhammad Ali. So when people talk like that, I'm like, I'm not a huge boxing fan, but I've seen his movie probably like three, three or four times. <laughs> dude, I bu- I read his autobiography from 1975. You want to get inspired? This dude, like, it's, oh my God. It's so, it's, there's so many good documentaries, like When We Were Kings, Champions Forever, about, like, you want it to be a, if you're just a sports athlete, you want to get inspired by another athlete, what they faced, like, in his prime. He has a great story. And, um, yeah, when he was, like, exiled for his beliefs. Yeah. In terms of, like, when he came about, um, he came about in in an era where, like, the the 60s, the, the civil rights rights revolution, and, um. Or civil, civil rights movement. Right. Well, was, a rev- was it a revolution? It, like, it, you could call it that. Like, yeah. it was... Anyways. A lot of things were changed. Yeah, things were changed. Yeah. Anyways, um, in terms of, like, his significant impact, not only was it in the civil rights moment, we had, like, Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. um, Malcolm X, but, like, so he came around in that... Like, there was a changing of the tide in America and around the world that was, like, massive. We were never going to go back, Okay. And he was in there voicing his opinion. Then, like, Vietnam happening. And then, on top of that, he was Muslim. Mm. 
mm-hmm. at a point when that was uber scary to a, a large population. And then, um, in terms of like the era that he fought in for the heavyweight division, it's it like the perfect storm where never again did we see that many all-time great heavyweights at the same time. Like George Foreman, this is how good his era of, of fighting was in terms of the heavyweights. George Foreman was the heavyweight champion back when Ali was fighting and Ali had to beat him for the title. Foreman left in the 70s, came back two decades later in the 90s and won the title again and kept it into his late 40s. That's how good the guys were in the 70s when Ali was fighting. If we're thinking, well, how good was the quality of opposition? So not only did Ali come about in a point where, historically speaking, his impact on society was great. Mm -hmm. And then, well, who's around to be like his, his rivals? Joe Frazier, Ken Norton, George Foreman, and then before that, in the 60s, Sonny Liston, the greatest era of heavyweights of all time. So he had that in terms of historical significance. He had that in terms of who he went against were the greatest. And then on top of that, when he, they took away his title because he couldn't box, or sorry, because they said he couldn't box because he wasn't going to go to Vietnam, he, his, his actual charisma and ability to speak, like he would go his uh, university to university to university all over the U.S., giving public speaking and debating these college kids and university kids at the like Harvard and even into the Southern States. And he wouldn't shy away, my friend, like hostile territory. Right. In, in, in a, like, at a time where um, like blacks and whites couldn't go in the same fountain. Exactly. And he would go to those universities. And if you heard him debate and speak, a phenomenal speaker, the charisma for three years, man. Like he was like, he was, he was that guy, you know, if you ever had a chance to take a look at some of these documentaries, actually show him toe to toe where there's a crowd of angry white guys who were not like totally not for what he was doing. A mm-hmm. black Muslim, not you're disrespecting the men who serve by not going there. Everything was wrong. He walk in there and would debate and, yeah. and you know, it was, it was like, uh, the bravery and the, how we could articulate, like you'll never You'll never fucking have that again. No. In a sport. Like, you'll never have that again. When they said, who's the greatest, most impactful athlete? Like, it, it, that's once in a lifetime, my friend. Now, that could never happen. Tell me, who the fuck is going to do that in any other sport? So when he says, I am the greatest. And he was saying this, by the way. Look at me. I'm going to get into a fucking alley rant. But I actually <laughs> love the man. But when he said, I am the greatest. He was saying that at a time when he grew up in the South. He couldn't fucking walk into the same restaurant and he had to leave through the back door. For him to be like bold and say this shit, he was saying at a time when the majority of his people were living in a section of America where they couldn't outwardly be like that. You couldn't yeah, like, say shit like that. You couldn't be bold and you couldn't, you better watch your shit if, you're, if you dated a white woman, what the fuck would happen to you? Let alone like his Like historic, the adversity, we can't even like... You like, can't fathom. Exactly. But if you read his book... In terms of the threats he got, in terms of what some, happened to some friends of his, mm-hmm. it's and growing up, it was scary, man. Um, like it's it was so impactful how brave a man he was, mm-hmm. and like what he did, and was like, I'm just gonna they'll they'll, they'll strip you of your title, they will destroy you, and he's like, let him take my title, I'm not folding, let him put me in jail, they put him in jail, yeah. And I'm when folding. I'm like reading his stories and watching his like like movies and whatnot, like he was obviously like so brave on the outside, but I just wonder like. Was it like inside mentally? Like, did he ever days where just like I can't do this? Dude, anymore, you should but read I his, have to. Like. You better read his autobiography. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, you you won't put that shits down. It's on Kindle now. It's on what you could get the ebook. You get whatever the shit. He wrote it in '75. 
so the big he they strip him of his title in the sixties and it like America from sixties to seventies was a lot better, still bad. And then from seventies to eighties, like every a decade was a huge advancement. So he wrote it, it was better, but it wasn't ancient history for him to remember. Mm-hmm. So when he was telling you about like just ten years before what he was going on, he won the title in like sixty four. Like he like we're talking like man for him to be doing what he was doing it was you know it was intense man that's why in terms of like the perfect storm in terms of like a an athlete you will never you it it, it fucking kills me when people don't like they talk about Ali and try to talk shit like you will never if if you watch Ali in the sixties and people say they saw footage of him in the seventies when he's in his thirties he came back. And he beat Frazier, Foreman, and those are like the bigger names than the 60s. Sonny Liston was 60s. The guys he beat in the 60s weren't as big a names, okay? His more popular fights, his more significant fights, the fight of the century, was when he fought Joe Frazier. Because he came back from exile, undefeated heavyweight champion. While he was gone, Joe Frazier won the title, and he was an undefeated world champion. First Mm. time ever, two undefeated world champions were going to fight, fight of the century. People and they ended up fighting three times. Ali won two of the three, and then he fought Foreman. Foreman destroyed Joe Frazier. Foreman was destroying guys again, undefeated heavyweight champ. Ali took the title from. Like it's crazy what he did. But the point is though, um, if you look at like that footage in terms of his most like memorable fights, because they're so close and the names were bigger, he looks slower. He gets hit away more. It's not the Ali that if you actually look at the black and white footage from the sixties. In terms of what he did with like the alley shuffle, the guy danced around the ring like he was a fucking dancer. Like he could move like a fucking Michael Michael Jackson. You understand? <laughs> like his when he would do the when he was excited and did the alley shuffle, it was like you. It doesn't make sense. It's a, a six foot three, two hundred twenty pound man moving, moving like, like that. that. It like we had never seen that before. And we never will. I don't give a shit. What? Well, do you know what? How athletes do they train? Show me. I know Joshua Anthony or or um, Wilder or fucking whoever the heavyweights are now. Show me their footwork and tell me they're doing what Ali did. Show me their hand speed. Oh, he floated like it, a butterfly. Dude, <laughs> his hand speed was phenomenal in terms of like how we could deep and dodge and you'll never touch him. You would never touch him in the 60s, 70s, yeah. Be like, well, he, he would get hit a lot like against form and just lay on the ropes, rope-a-dope. He was doing that shit in the 60s, man, when he's in his prime. He did that shit when he came back. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, like, you know, I'm going on an alley tangent, and believe you me, but in terms of errors, comparing errors, it gets difficult. And that's why, when we started this conversation, and you told me, I was like, in the intro, I like to talk a little bit about some current events. And it doesn't have to be all just straight up powerlifting, but um, just some, what's going on right now? And you're like, did you hear about Drake? And you told me about the Drake and the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm having John Hack on because of the huge comparison between him and Jesse Norris. And um, and the, some of the tough parts about that comparison, even though it was only four years for powerlifting, that's a generation. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other generation. 100%. They did it in two different weight classes. Uh, one guy's a junior, one guy's in the open. There's like there's differences between them. Mm-hmm. So if we want to compare them, it's difficult. It's not just straight numbers. Like it's not mostly black pow- and white. No. And it, whoa, just a throwback to the... To the oh, wow, nicely done. <laughs> to the nice, and even Michael Jackson. Yeah. Ooh. Whoa, dude, we came full circle. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, yeah, it's not like, you know, powerlifting is often, well, it's numbers who lifted more weight. But when you're comparing guys from different weight classes, different eras, etc., it's not just numbers anymore, is it? So, one to have John Hack on, get his feedback, 
Um, and I know he listens, and especially when we drop podcasts, like prediction podcasts or comparing podcasts, like we've done it before. It, is he the 83 kilo goat? And he's listened to it like, <laughs> God damn it. He's like, I heard your podcast, what you guys said. Um, and guys like Hack, Russell Orhe and them, even when we do a podcast, if we side the other way, I think this guy might win. I think, you know, in this terms of this debate, these dudes are like solid dudes. They don't take it to heart. They're like, man, it is what it is. They know this is sports mm-hmm. debate. Yeah. This is what you're supposed to do. And they're like, I'm going to prove you wrong six back. That I got to <laughs> prove you wrong. That's it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so he, he's always good for that. And I wanted to have him on here and, and talk about, and also he did like a strongman competition just recently, which is interesting because it's a whole nother ball game. Mm-hmm. You could be like strong with the linear movements. It feels weird when you're doing different things. Like I know, like I freaking uh, when I was flipping that car and tore my calf and like weird things happen, man. Cause you're out of your up down movement. Uh, so I want to ask him about that. If that's something he wants to pursue his thoughts on the tribute meet. His thoughts on the Jesse Norris comparison and is it over or it ain't over yet? That's not how the story ends. There's Jesse Norris comparisons. Was his performance outdoing Jesse Norris as well? If he wants, he could just go, fuck it. I'm going 90 kilo and let me take this bad boy right. Like, let me push this way past the 2033. Let me see what I could do. The story might not be over yet. Maybe that's on the docket. Maybe that's on the agenda. Maybe Ooh. that's scheduled. Let me ask. Let's you know what I mean? Out. Yeah, because every good... Now we have a storyline, and you know me. I love a good storyline. So so anyways, with no further ado, let's get Jesse Norris on. Okay, we'll go <laughs> one more time, but let's do a remix here. So, right, John Hack is here, and um, we, we just lost you for a second there, but we were talking about you did a strongman competition, went in the 220-pound class, and yep. you were definitely giving up some size of these gentlemen because it was a day before weigh-in. But um, So how did you feel doing the strongman? Like, why did you decide to do a strongman competition anyways? Just for shits and giggles? Yeah, like I was, uh, I was at my office working, and like I can see my gym from my desk. And, like, I saw the log, and I'm like, I'm kind of going to do a strongman meet next. And uh, so I looked up, like, strongman meets in Wisconsin, and turned out there was one that weekend. So I was like, mm, screw <laughs> it. Let's do it. So you weren't really training, like, exclusively for one, were you? Did you, you train just... at all for strongman? No. Uh, no, I hit, like, two days. Like, I hit, like, a log on one day, and then the other day I did log and uh, the yoke carry. So, actually, there was, like, five events, and of them... I think I had only done, like, three of them I had never done in my life. And what were, what were those five events you ended up doing? So the first one was the log, uh, clean and press for, like, it was rising bar. You could take as many attempts as you want for, like, you just had to hit a single. Okay. And it was, like, highest one. one. Um, I think I ended up with, like, 255. I wanted to hit, like, 270, but uh, the <laughs> I was just so unbalanced. I didn't really, like eat enough food the day before or anything like that so just like basically all i had was like an energy drink and it was just like i had the caffeine sh- like oh, jitters shit, trying yeah. to like hold, like balance this this log yeah it, it, um yeah keep, keep going tell me those all oh, i'm gonna do some follow-up questions after i hear the events okay the second one was a deadlift medley so it was like axle bar for 450 pounds then you went straight bar for 550 and then uh a hex bar for 675 and i'd actually never pulled on a hex bar so i was i was kind of kind of worried but i'm like you know what screw it i'll, I'll be fine and I ended up like dominating that one so what did um, you do that for reps then 
Yes. So, or so the, you hit like the the 450 axle for a single. Then you go right to the straight bar for a single, and then you go to the the trap bar for um, as many reps as you can get. And is it because here's the thing: when I've done like an in wrap on deads, whoever's ever done an in wrap on deads, that fucking smokes you. Like you yes. can get like like, and then to compete for events afterwards is like that's where strongman. When people watch these strongman competitions and they see mm-hmm. like a deadlift event and they just singly isolate look at that and they're like, oh, I would have expected a little more. It's like my friend, that was in the middle of a ass kicking day. <laughs> like it's inc- it's crazy to try to move on from that. And, and yeah. so that's why sometimes in, in strongman, somebody if you get to go last, it depends where you are in the order. If you know exactly how many you need to win it, you do just that and no extra. And people are like I think that's bullshit give the crowd a, a show. It's like, no, 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 you ain't never going to survive if you just go balls out and then the whole way through. But did you have that advantage or did you have to just go balls out AMRAP? Well, I, okay. So I kind of did, but, um, so the way they did the competition or like if you won the, the deadlift medley, if you got the most reps overall, uh, you won an axle bar. And so I knew going into that. So I had to beat like some of the girls that had like super light, deadlift oh um, damn no no one in my weight class actually hit the 675 trap bar which i was really surprised by really but I ended up getting, yeah but i ended up getting uh like both the guys that were in my weight class were more like pressers than they were deadlifters yeah and yeah i ended up like <laughs> i got to like 10 reps i probably oh, could have busted out like 15 if i really wanted to but like i, I like asked the guy i'm like oh like one of my eyes, like, oh, I got 10. So I was like, ah, all right, I think that's, that's enough to win. That's it. double digits. Overall. Yeah. So you, uh, like, did you feel like it was, was it a whole lot different than a normal deadlift? I don't, I don't do a lot of trap, uh, trap bar deadlift either. Yeah. It was definitely like at the top, I like, I kind of like shook every time. Like it was, uh, it was just weird holding where the weight was. Yeah. Cause I like, yeah, my center of gravity was way off. I've done, like, I, I haven't done, like, a like, full-on workouts, like, enough workouts to know it very well, but I've, like, I fucked around with it. Everybody's, like, messing around if one's in the gym. And um, it's a whole nother, because we're used to the bar in front of us pulling against our legs, so you feel balanced that way, and that's very yeah, natural. Yeah, exactly. I'm, like, I'm used to having, like, you know, push my, my hips forward. Yes. And, like. And it's weird when you don't have something against your legs in front of you. It's to the side, and nothing's touching in front of you, and you're, like. I know what you mean. You have to experience it where you're like, this feels like the lockout feels really weird. Unbalanced, mm-hmm. right? Cause yeah, like, that's exactly it. It was like the lockout. Like I almost like went backwards. Yeah, I just, like, man. Drove my hips forward. And yeah. And it doesn't I connect. Didn't, I, I didn't something. have anything to like stop me basically. Yeah. 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 It's like a, fr- cause it's free floating to your sides. It's really it's mm-hmm. bizarre. Some people say, um, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it would be safer. Some people say it's safer. Because the way the weights float to the side as opposed to in front of you, it's more natural. You probably mm-hmm. only you probably only did it like have you fucked with it much since or before that? No, that was my first time ever holding a doing yeah. a trap bar deadlift. Do you think you're gonna use it much at all after that? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> not unless you need to. Did you win the um, actual deadlift bar? Yeah, but funny enough, I brought my Camaro, so I actually ended up like not being able to take it and another guy there was like hey like can i buy this from you like yeah so i ended up making some money from the competition (laughs) that's not bad at all (laughs) see here's the thing i don't like winning a any barbell is good you just throw it in the collection but i don't know if i'd want even an axle 
deadlift bar either. Like, do you like do you work with shit like that to help your grip strength? Um, I actually like doing it because I really like doing uh axle clean and press with it. Because like weirdly, I'm good at it, so yeah. it's just like a fun exercise to do every once in a while. See, I like. Like, uh, that's the shit that the world's strongest man guys do. Super, yeah. super thick grip. And uh, But when it comes to, like, I know some people like super thick grip on the deadlift just because they think it helps grip strength and shit. But I, mm-hmm. like, I find nothing enjoyable about that super grip. I'd rather, like, static hold a normal deadlift bar for grip strength or something like that. Like, those super grip, especially, like, so do you enjoy doing these strongman stuff like the axle clean and press? Yeah, because I, I think for me, like, my training is like very much just keeping with the the main lifts. Yeah, and it's just like a nice change up every once in a while. And I yeah. feel like it helps like stability, like the biggest thing. Like uh, if I if I hit like an axle or a log, like clean and press day, like my list for the next week just feels so much better. Like, and, and that's like I, just, strong... I just feel like I could walk out and like yeah, like when I yeah when I'm walking out of squat, I just feel like way more stable. So you do so you mess around with some of the log pressing just regularly in your training, like fairly regularly or Um, I mean just kinda of whenever I feel like it. I'm like, yeah, oh, like I feel like hitting this. So I like I program my, my main lifts and then I kinda just do what I feel like for accessories. Yeah. Whatever you got extra. So what what yeah. other events did you have in the strongman competition? Uh the third event was the yoke carry. It was six hundred pounds for seventy five feet and then um and how was that? How did you feel that, with that? Th- that was the one I was actually like most worried about, but I did pretty well. But then, so it was a, it was a medley. So then I had to do um, fire or farmer's carry with 275 ha- each hand back, 75 feet. And that actually only got halfway because my grip was failing, which really surprised me because I was thinking like, oh, my grip will be fine. Like I can pull 800. Like, yeah, yeah. It was just, that, that was another thing. I've never done farmer's carry. So that was... I was not prepared for that. And do you think like, uh, so was it the grip? Was it like the burning of, here's the thing when it comes to like strongman and that kind of stuff. Um, and, and let me know if you found the same thing. So there's one thing with like linear movements up, down, like all of our power lifts are up, down linear movements. So when you start doing that weird shit, like you pick up a weight, drag it and move it, the burning and the lactic acid and the weight impacts your body. Sometimes it's different. Like if you don't prepare for that specifically, weird things happen. Like the farmer's mm-hmm. carry, I 100% would have been like, oh, your grip strength with 800-pound deadlift would be fine. Like, what what do you think it was that hit the grip strength? Yeah, well, I mean, I also, like, tore uh, cows pretty bad, actually, yeah. on that one. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I think it was, like, just kind of getting exhausted from the yoke first and then also doing a set of 10 deadlifts beforehand. Yeah. Did and not that, help. And that's the thing, too, where, like, um, you start realizing in strongman, just like in powerlifting, their strategy – there's, there's strategy in strongman where they're like, man, like some people know I'll hit one or two here and then I'll be good there later on. Like if you were like, cause you absolutely destroyed the deadlifts way more probably than you needed to. If you yeah. cut it at like, you just had to hit one to win. Really? Yeah. I think I had to hit like the, um, there was a guy in the super heavyweight that hit like seven on the trap bar. So like, I mean, I, like I basically had to hit like around the 10 to guarantee a win the, the axle, but yeah. Or eight, I mean, yeah, yeah, it is. Also, I mean, it was kind of like, well, this is my event. I'm going to win this one. You might, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so, and how was that yoke? 
Did you do any? So you've never done farmers carries. Have you done like any kind of yoke before as well? Um, so I did a strongman competition. Uh, I think after the first U.S. Open, yeah, at the the Chicago Fit Expo, and there was a yoke for that one. I think it was like seven fifty yoke or something like that. Oh, damn, and that that one really messed me up. I think I like messed something up in my back from that one because you were smaller too, younger, yeah. smaller. Like you were still a junior in size. Um, no, I wasn't a junior then. No, but I was like, I think I weighed in at like one eighty nine versus like. I was probably around like 200 for this okay. competition. Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing I find too with like um, in terms of strongman because um, I've done some like strongman feats of strength for like charity events and stuff. And when I'm <laughs> heavier, even if I'm not a shitload stronger, let's say I put on like just body fat. And, and, yeah. And it's, let's not – let's just say that I did put on body fat. Like I was like <laughs> 220 chubba muffin. And, um, but when I had to do shit like, like pulling school buses or like, like flipping cars and stuff – just being a bigger human being exploding into the car or leaning forward with that vest strapped on is so much easier because mass moves mass as opposed to like, even if you're smaller shifting weight, there's something about body size and momentum, especially in the strongman events. You know what I mean? Where there's, mm-hmm. like if you notice like a little bit of a difference in terms of, um, you know, when it comes to size, even 10, 15 pounds, even if you oh, put yeah, on a little bit of body fat when it comes to strongman. Yeah. Like the the yoke was like so much easier this time. So like, um, yeah, that was the one I was like most worried about going in. So I went to a gym that was like forty minutes from my place that had a yoke. Um, the competition was on Saturday. I went like on Thursday and um, yeah, did the like I worked up to like a seven hundred yoke and that moved actually pretty pretty. De- it was like seven twenty or something like that. That yeah. moved like pretty decent compared to like the previous year when I tried doing it. Yeah. Like it's uh, like, I feel like sometimes you'll see dudes when the strongmen are in the gym, you would like outlift every single one of them in all the three major lifts for sure. I'd be shocked, even super heavyweights. But sometimes if they're just big dudes, the implements or whatever events don't can't rough up their body if they're just like 250 pounds, you know, it Mm -hmm. just doesn't impact them the same. You know what I mean? It's weird like that though. Yeah. But but I think if you like trained in strongman, you could probably get more and more efficient at it. Like, are you are you have you tried to have you thought about doing this again in the future? Um, like part of me wants to do like if they like maybe like try and do like a one eighty one competition with a twenty four hour weigh in for strongman. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm also like, I don't see myself having much. Like, I don't know a single like lightweight strongman. <laughs> Like, I love strongman. I obviously love powerlifting. But when it comes to strongman, people don't follow strongman be- below heavyweight. You know yeah, what I like, mean? Strongman is weird because, like, I feel like the top guys are, like, way more popular than any, like, powerlifter will ever be. But, like, the average powerlifter is probably way more popular than the average strongman. 100%. Like, especially the lightweights. You're, one, you, you, you're totally right. Like, I know they have world's strongest man 105 kilo class yeah and, and i ha- couldn't tell you a single time anybody who's ever won that mm-hmm. <laughs> so i mean it's it's in terms of dedicating yourself towards it you were going to make far more ground let's say i mean the popularity is not everything but if you want to do like coaching or you want to do like sponsorships and all the rest of it even making money i'm assuming there's probably way more opportunity in powerlifting than strongman yeah, I think uh, I think some guy actually 
I think he was like one of the top 105 guys actually messaged me and asked like how much total I've won from powerlifting. And, uh, cause he's like, yeah, I'm like, there's just no money in like strong, like what I'm doing right now. So it, it, like in terms of viewership and this is where it's a little bit weird. Like I love po- watching powerlifting still anyways. Right. But in terms <laughs> of viewership, just because someone's smaller, it, like, like, whatever, a 181 or, or a 105 in terms of strongman. It's still like when, if I see two guys going head-to-head and it's like a medley, you're both flipping a tire side-by-side side like a race for like 50 meters. For me, that's entertaining. It's he- like I don't give a shit yeah. if you're 105. Like that's head-to-head with a, with a clock. Then you jump to the next thing you're doing, deadlift medley or whatever they do like that. I think it's incredibly like entertaining. I, yeah, not... I mean, it's kind of like what CrossFit is. Like, they have, like, yeah. 20 people going at the same time, dude. Yeah. I mean, that's in Madison here, so I've gone the last couple of years. And, yeah, yeah it's, it's fun to watch. Yeah, the CrossFit, actually, that's a pretty good uh, – it's a little bit more – like, they'll hop on a fucking row machine. I don't even understand yeah. how that's entertaining. <laughs> how I watch somebody hop on a row machine and belt off, like, a, a thousand rows or, like, <laughs> you know. Me, probably. Yeah, get him, John. Uh, it just looks like horrible. <laughs> I know. I don't see myself cheering. Get him, John. Roll the fuck out of that machine. I'm like, oh, he's killing right, we've been it. Going for, we've been going for 20 minutes. Like, <laughs> let's go, man. Like, Jesus. This is, I'm drinking beers watching you row a machine for 20 minutes. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. But, but they could pack a stadium with that, which yeah, is nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I go to the CrossFit Games and there's so many people there. It's absolutely – do you have to – like, it's – you pay to get in in the whole nine, right? Yeah, it's expensive too for like a three-day pass, I think. Yeah. I can't remember. It's It was like 50 bucks or – and that's just to like get into like the expo area. And then like they have um, – so they have like the events at different locations. And um, the Coliseum, which is where like the main event is at night, I think, um, that's like pretty expensive to get tickets to that. I've never gone to that because I don't – Really? Enough. But they have like they have like one event outside where like the general people can watch. And it, so it's like fifty bucks just to get in for the general. Is it like a like how is it like if it's, if it's if you're not even watching events really, you see one event? Is it like an expo style type of? Yeah, they have like a they have a few uh, they have like a bunch of booths and like an expo in like a separate building. Um, and then they have like they have an outdoor like stadium area where. You can have, like, they'll have, like, the Open do a couple events out there. Um, and then they'll have, like, teens and, like, all the different age divisions and, like, females going yeah. in, in like, uh, in that throughout the day. So you can go, like, watch them. Yeah. And the day, is, it, is it really entertaining watching them do it, though? Like, wh- yeah, it's kind of fun because we were, like, <laughs> we're taking, like, we just, like, had no clue about these kids. Yeah. And we are like. I'm taking them. I'm, I'm taking lane six. Like <laughs> really? that, that guy looks fit. He's gonna win this event. He looks fit. I like how <laughs> you, I can see his abs on him. He's gonna go. Yeah, yeah. It, his it, kids were impressive. I'll give him that. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. Like they literally. So we were just talking about like training specifically for implements. Obviously, powerlifting. That's all you do. You, like, there's no like curveball. What's gonna happen? You know, it's the three lifts. But with these guys, <laughs> like I've seen some of those documentaries. And they're just like, I don't know what they're going to throw at me. So they train everything. Like they're yes. just, and they just try to get as strong and explosive in endurance and muscular endurance, as well as like 
the weird like running endurance and like swimming and shit like that like it could be anything and mm-hmm. swimming is a whole nother you could be an amazing runner and be and suck at swimming and then you got to do olympic weightlifting and then deadlift and like it's crazy what they have to do i don't understand how the fuck you even train for that kind of stuff yeah i think that i think like they should focus more on strength because i think like endurance can come pretty easily i feel like yeah like yeah like if i start doing endurance right i can like get my endurance okay like okay for after like a week or two but like strength i feel like takes a while strength 100 would take a while i i got what you mean in terms of um yeah you can get in cardiovascular shape in like a month if you're like i got a month to get in the best shape like cardiovascular you can make big headway i'm not saying mm-hmm. you're gonna like be doing a marathon but you can make major headway in a month if you start right off the bat in a month of weightlifting you're not gonna jump up too crazy of like you'll get stronger, but yeah, it kind of is what it yeah. is. Um, I would like see. I don't. So when they pack this place, like they must, because they get thousands of people there. Do they yeah. get, like 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 how many people do you think show up around there? Is it like twenty thousand people? Something stupid like that. How much is it? Like twenty thousand people? Like a fucking big UFC event, basically. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, that's that's crazy. It's, kind, it's like it's kind of hard to judge because it's like. It's, like, on the open, kind of. So, I would say it's, like, pretty comparable to maybe the Arnold. Hmm. And, and do, do you think the vast majority of people who show up are actually CrossFitters? Or do you think people showing up who are just fans and just want to watch it? No, I'd say most people are, like, at least do some form of CrossFit. So, here's the thing, then. Because this is kind of what powerlifting has, too. And this is, like, the toughest obstacle when you're, like, sports like us. Our fan base is basically powerlifters. Like not mm-hmm. many, not, there are a few people, actually, I can't even picture somebody who doesn't powerlift and just watches powerlifting. Are, are actually, those, are those funny people story about that, because actually on, uh, when I was trying to make weight, I spent a lot of time in the sauna at like some LA fitness down the road. And, uh, so there's like a guy in there that like, he was in there for like a couple of my sessions in there. So he started talking, he's like, oh, like, why are you in the sauna so much? And was telling him, like, oh, I'm doing a weightlifting competition, like, down the road. And he showed up to the competition. Really? Like, like, I was, like, warming up. He just, like, kind of came back. He's like, hey, John. I'm like, holy shit. Wow. You actually came to this? No shit. Was it, like, a different day? It would have been a different day. That's the day before. Yes. But was he, like, um, he was just intrigued by powerlifting? Yeah. Or did he check you out in the sauna and he's intrigued by you? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No shit. Did he say he liked it? The power um, I didn't get a chance. To, like I talked to him um, early, or, like before squats, and then he like came and said like congrats after squats, and then he like he had like he told me it beforehand. He's like, oh, I can stick around for like a little bit, but then he yeah, I, mean, I think he was like interested in it, so that's cool. Yeah, like it's uh, like powerlifting. I think if people actually show up, as long as there's either a somebody doing some crazy shit, like if you're you know two thousand kilo total, everyone can wrap their head around that's insane. Or, mm-hmm. or, or sorry, two thousand pound total. Jesus Christ, two thousand kilo. <laughs> I wish I could do two thousand kilos. <laughs> yeah, let's let's slow it down. Next goal. Yeah, exactly. That's a little bit of extra PR right there, John. Pack <laughs> two thousand kilo total next. That'll be the uh, fucking name of this podcast, by the way. Um, but uh, <laughs> but if, if if you show up or if you see like a good battle back and forth or like the game's tight, I think people could get into it. It's just selling the general public on come and watch me work out. I'm going to smash Yeah, I mean, I think, like, especially as, like, someone who's just, like, basically walked in off the street, I think, yeah, the, the big numbers would be more intriguing. Like, they wouldn't really, 
I feel like it'd be hard to understand what's going on for yes. like a battle back and forth. Because you don't even know if if you know nothing, like off the street, dude. You yep. don't even know that, like, oh, if you miss a weight, you can, we'll just drop the weight for your third. It's like, no, you're mm-hmm. not allowed to drop your weight. You have to either – you have to retake that weight. You don't know – you have to move up only in two-and-a-half kilo increments and, like, you don't know any of that shit. You don't know there's nine attempts and three events and how it all works, right? So, yeah, you I mean, lost. that's the same if you take, like, a European and try to, like, show them football and they're just going to be like, ah, no. One, yeah, yeah. On. That's fair. So you got – okay, you know what? That's fair. Off the street, I think almost damn near any sport except for like UFC or boxing is going to look, it's going to be hard to pick up, you know, I mean, yeah. to just all of a sudden jump into. Um, but I do think with powerlifting, so I do wonder, for a dude who's fresh off the street, for him, if you squatted 500 pounds, he might think that's fucking insane. Or if you squat 700 pounds, does he even know the difference or is it all just heavy as fuck anyways to him? You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I think, I think like they don't know the difference because like there's been times where like, I'll be working and like like at the bar I bounce at sometimes and like someone will be like come up to me like dude you're really jacked like what do you bench and I'll like just throw out like three fifteen or like something like that and they'll be like holy shit because <laughs> like if I tell them five hundred like n- most people are not going to believe that no they're going to think I, you're... I look like a pretty normal looking guy I don't, yeah I'm not like crazy of... big yeah yeah so I mean yeah that's where I wonder in terms of, like bringing in like the the people off the street. Moving big weights good, but also, like, they don't, after a while, like, I think you would have them intrigued off the big weight initially, but then they'll be like, all right, it's all big weight, I don't know what the fuck's going on, um, whatever the shit. Whereas I think, like, a good battles, unless people understand the st- significance of what you're trying to do, like 2,000 pounds, excuse me, yeah. 2,000 kilo, um, yeah, exactly. and be, being the first 181 to hit 2,000 kilo. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's a tough sell. But going back to the CrossFit Games, though, so... In terms of watching that, people are showing up and like the majority are going to be CrossFitters with some kind of background. Could you watch that in like, were people into like fucking like the rowing or the climbing of the ropes and shit like that? Like, yeah, I think like, uh, I was going to bring this up. Like, I think Strongman's another one where like, you could like walk in and kind of, you'd get like what's going on because yes, like, let's Agreed. say it's like flipping tires, like. And two people are going head to head. Like yes. clearly, you can see someone's doing better than the other person. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and, and you like, you, you can start cheering for that. Yes, and you know that's where I agree. Um, you're right because that's kind of like boxing MMA, where it's two two guys, two girls head to head, and you see if someone's falling behind, oh, they're catching up. Holy shit! The other guy's starting to falter when he had a lead. Now it's mitigating lead. Now the other guy pulls ahead. You see the changing of the tide. I don't yeah, have like, to. I, I don't have to explain to you his subtotal. And his subtotal, and, and like explain, you just see the subtotal as the event's going along, you know what I mean? Yeah, so like honestly, probably piloting could benefit from going back to a rising bar in that sense, where like, I mean, Olympic yeah. lifting doesn't, they're pretty popular, so. Yeah, and, and um, like I don't know if like we'll ever do that, but you're right. Oh, you I just... hope not, because I helped my buddy out at an Olympic lifting competition, I just like, he like wanted me to handle it. And I was just basically like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> like, what He's like, like, how many people out am I? I'm like, three, eight. I <laughs> yeah. don't know. <laughs> because can't you follow yourself in Olympic lifting? Yes, you can. So you get, I think you get like two minutes in between them, which is nothing. I feel like to follow yeah. myself. Oh yeah. Look. Well, I mean, I think it's different though, because like two minutes in between, like taking like an eight hundred and like an eight twenty deadlift is like way different from doing like. A three hundred pound 
The thi- so Clean the jerk. The thing, so yeah. I, so I, I'm again. I'm not a big Olympic lifting guy at all. I did a little bit here and there, and um, it's weird. Sometimes it impacts you because you have to explode with the weight, and, and like I don't know how it hits you, service uh, like your nervous system wise. If it's like mm-hmm. a lot tougher, I would think the deadlift is going to hit you worse. But it's a weird yeah. Ex- I think that like I've done a little bit of like power queen and jerks and like. I would say de- like a heavy deadlift hits me way harder than a heavy yeah. power clean. They're, they're, that's some pussy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so how does the rules work for Olympic lifting then? Because I so when the when the Pan Am Games came to Toronto in 2015, man, I'm I was like a nerd with it. I bought tickets for like the most obscure shit. It was watching every event because I love the Olympics. I'm like that kind of guy. So when the yeah. Pan Am Games came up. I watched, man, I watched like fucking Taekwondo. I watched like all types of <laughs> stuff. I watched women's gymnastics. I watched like whatever the shit. But um, I watched the Olympic weightlifting and I was like going in there with like the powerlifting, like you were saying, like, I think I got an idea of what I'm watching. And then dudes were following each other out and it was just rising bar. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Did it, did like everybody else drop out? Like what the shit? Like what's going on? So how does it work? Just for anyone listening and they don't know. It, uh, I mean, it, it was the Arnold, so I'm a little rusty. I'm like, yeah, how exactly? Yeah, well, but it, like, uh, so you'd like, you kind of put in your opener. Um, I think you would like hit that for the most part. And then like, you maybe put in like one kilo more or something like that. Yeah. And then, so there could like. You, like up until like 30 seconds before your attempt, you can change your weight. Wow. And so like, you kind of like, you kind of keep doing that to like get more rest time. Ah, cause I and, noticed like, that shit too. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? They changed yeah. the weight. So how many times you can change your weight a bunch, right? Yeah. I think, it, um, I think you get three, three changes. I think okay. on all the lifts, which is weird for us. I mean, two lifts. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. There's only two. <laughs> Well, yes, <laughs> tomato, <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting. But and it was like for each attempt too, though. Yeah. So, oh, like, God. Like you. your first attempt, you could change it three times. Your second attempt, you can change it three times. Because I remember a shitload of attempts changing, and I was trying to keep track, and I'm like, how is this just going to go on forever? Because I felt yeah, like, like that was that was the thing. Like I went up when my friend was like, how many out? Am I? I'm like, I don't know. It's it says three right now, but those three guys might, might yeah. change, so you might be up. <laughs> like, by the time they're cleaning and jerking, and it was like the last attempt, I'm like, man, my man, I think I'm in over my head. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, like, I just... actually, uh, I, I, like, he didn't get to take a third snatch because, well, partly my fault, but he, like, he told me the rules different than what they were. Like, he told me, like, at 30 seconds, like, up until, like, 30 seconds, you can tell them to, like change it and like he thought like that reset the clock but it actually just like starts it up again so i was like <laughs> like i looked over and it was like 10 seconds for him to like complete the lift and i'm like well that's not happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so, sorry jake yeah yeah it's a and then so the bar just gets heavier and heavier and then um you can like pass on it or something and you just come back later or um yeah, I don't really know. Because but. it's it's a little different than like the world's strongman deadlift. Have you seen that at the strong at the at the European Strongman Championships uh, or Europe's Strongest Man? They have that world championships deadlift. And yeah, it just like goes up in weight, right? That's right. Like every fifteen pounds. That's right. And it's different than uh, Olympic lifting because there is no like 
changing like of the bar or whatever, one kilo at a time. Yeah, it just goes up 15 pounds or 15 kilos or some shit like that. Yeah, the that's, pro- that's how the, the log queen press was. It was like 15 pounds and they'd be like, does anyone want to take this attempt? Like, you know, everyone would like line up and... And you, and you like, go in and you keep going until one guy's left. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, it's, it's not quite the same because you still have to put in an attempt. So like they're only going to load it. They're, they're not going to like load like 225 and be like, does anyone want to take this? No, like if someone has like 230 and 230 and they're going to load that up. Yeah, oh, okay. So here's... Here's the thing with the world's strongest man deadlift, um, or the world's strongman world championship deadlifts, whatever the fuck they call it. It doesn't exactly. That giant slide is that? Yes. Yeah. Have you seen it? You probably that's the one where Eddie Hall won, uh, Benny Magnuson won one year. Like it's 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 the big. Yeah. One of my. uh, uh, Oh, you've posted Adam Dirks. Like he. Yes. He did that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Oh, and there's I, there's a strong man we know that's in the 105. I was just about to say he's a 105er. He was on the show before. He's a 105er, yeah. Um, yeah. And he's a phenomenal deadlifter. Here's the one, crazy. Here's the one problem. So I love how they do that world, the world championships for deadlifts and strongman because the rising mm-hmm. bar, like you said, very easy to follow. You could walk off the street and you realize the bar's just going to keep getting heavier. If you can't hit it, you fall back. You can jump in whenever you want. Like, some guys are like, I'm going to pass the first five weights. Thank you very much. I'll come in on the sixth weight that you load. But if I don't mm-hmm. hit it, I'm out of the competition. Like, you got to hit it, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but the one problem was this year, they had the bar loaded to a certain weight. Only two guys left. Both guys hit it. Raised the weight one more time because it's an, uh, a hard, fast, incremental weight jump. Like, we'll say 15 kilos. I don't know exactly what it was. Both mm-hmm. guys attempted both guys missed. I think you might be able to attempt it again, but end of the day, neither guy could hit the second jump up. So they both only hit the weight below. So we have two world champions that are co-world champions. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe if you did like a hybrid where you did like rising bar until like two or three guys are left and then you yes. take like, that's you can write in an attempt. Cause you can't have, you can't have two world champions. Yeah. Like, that's, that's seems weird. Or you can't have any kind of, you have to have a tiebreaker, basically. You can't be like, well, we're, there's only one world. You can only have one world champion. You can't walk away. Like, how weird is it to be like, I'm the world champion, co? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, there's another guy out there. Me and him are both the world champion. If I guess you could go on body weight then. You could. Funny. I don't think strong men are going to like that shit. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're culturally like, speaking. Like Adam, Adam was like telling me that like I think it was Eddie Hall or someone was like giving him a ton of shit for for being like in a weight class. See what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. They, you know what they call the 105s? The women's division. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! I actually just made that that, that they don't call that. But, <laughs> and I probably all ten of the, our women listeners are going to be pissed off at me. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I like some of the stuff they built. In, in terms of, like, making powerlifting more viewer-friendly, I, I wouldn't mind some shit like that. Or how about this? Um, how about, like, just a straight-up deadlift-only head-to-head matchup? Or, like, singles. W- would you be into that? Just, like, a straight-up for, like, all the money. Like, a bunch of, like, 20K, just a deadlift competition. Yeah, I think, like, uh, that's kind of what the hybrid is. And they're doing that in February. It's... Yeah, it's, it's deadlift only. I think like the total pool is like 10k or something like that. But what um, I might I might do that. And they do stuff actually at the Arnold Classic. Didn't they have like squats for reps? 
Yeah. But, and it was like double body I weight. That's kind of dumb. <laughs> that, that I don't, here's the problem with that. If you're going to hit 20 reps and it's squats, there's no way you're telling me you're holding to the standard to all 20 reps. And that's one person. 20 yeah. reps, one person. I'm going to watch like 400 reps of squats and I'm judging. And you want me to call every single one of them depth when they take like half a second to do? And it's not going to happen. Yeah. And like whoever's, I don't know, squats do not scale one for one for body weights or two for one or whatever. So like yeah. a two time body weight, it's going to be like whoever's the lightest guy is like a huge advantage. Yeah. 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 Agreed. I think when it comes for reps, I don't like squat. I don't like deadlifts. Fine. Like deadlifts. You want to do a deadlift AMRAP. Um, that's entertaining to watch. That's what strongman does. It's difficult yeah. with squats unless strongman has it. You know, the big, huge Dumbo weights they use for squats is like 750 pounds. They're wrapped up. And they're squatting down, but they have to actually touch certain pins. Yeah. So you know the height, like they don't give a shit about the crook of your knee, sorry, the crook of your hip below your knee. They're just like, hit the pins, you good. As long mm-hmm. as you do something like that, okay, I could watch that. It's not yeah. as good as deads. Like you, I feel like you definitely couldn't do, I guess like the NFL combine bench is kind of entertaining, but I feel like bench is like, especially for powerlifting, because um, like I, I've talked about this with like, my bench compared to like Sean Noriega's, like he can, <laughs> like my my single, like our singles are like, like I have a much higher single than him, but like I mean not not much higher, but like I have a higher single, but he can like he'll hit like that four nineteen for six or whatever. Like I don't think I could do that. Really? No shit. Yeah, I would have like assumed his, his like range of motions is just like so short that like the amount of like energy he's doing on each yeah. rep is just so much less than what I'm doing. His efficiency. You know, he told yeah. me. He told me, he's like, I think I'm going to go back down to benching three times. No, he didn't tell me. He posted in his uh, Instagram, I'm going to go back down to benching like three times a week. And I remember messaging him like, well, how many times a week do you bench? He's doing like six times a week. Yeah, like, that's, yeah he's like six yeah. times. I go, my man, what the <laughs> I, like, I asked him about that because uh, when me, him, and Ross and Joey were in L.A., I was just like, how the hell are you doing six times a week? Like, but, I think he's counting like Larson press as like one of his days, like. When I when I say I'm doing like I'm doing a bench, like I consider like I'm doing like competition bench that day. I don't roll out of bed, push myself up with a and, and be like, "There's a bench, there's a rep." Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a, no. But I think he was saying he benches like like six times a week because like like you were saying his range of motion is so mitigated. He's like, man, for me to adequately shift the weight, you know, a distance like you you could bench two to three times a week, but the distance you're shifting that weight over the course of that week probably adds up to his, like if he does it six times, right? So he's yeah. like, for me to impact my bench appropriately, I got to do six times, man. Otherwise, like I'm just not stimulating that muscle because like, the weight's not getting shifted enough. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So I do, yeah, I, I think if you're going to do, like you couldn't really do an AMRAP for bench press and, and watch that and have it entertaining. Yeah, I mean, we already get enough shit for yeah. how our benches look oh, anyways. Dude. We don't need to add to that. Can you imagine, like, six Sean Noriega arches going head-to-head for wraps? <laughs> People would be like, what the well, fuck? Well, I remember we did, uh, uh, so, do you, you know Kimmy Johnson? Uh, I probably do. I'm, is, is... Uh, she's a equipped lifter, and she did, like, she was doing, like, a, a push-pull here in Madison, She's like, hey, can you like come like lift off for me and help out? Like I'm friends with her. And one of the things was like at the end was bench press body weight for reps or something like that. And she like she just dominated because her like 
bench like ranges like a couple inches. It was, it was like a Sean Noriega bench, and it was just yeah. like like fucking, busting them out like it's nothing. Just fucking giving her. You're there all day. You're like, oh, you're the li- you're the handoff guy. You just re rack it. All right, that's enough. That's a fucking enough. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You were done. Where we're, we're, you fit? You wrapped it up like twenty reps in. Yeah. Like yeah. like your forms are so efficient. But yeah. In terms of like viewership, what do you think? If you're watching like powerlifting, or whatever, what do you think is like the most fun event to watch? Uh oh. Probably deadlift. Yeah. Because you see the scrap, and I feel like. Like, you could fight in a... Like, bench is really tough to really grind out a good bench. You can. Yeah. But it's, like, in terms of the other lifts, you could grind out a squat. But when it comes to the deadlift, especially conventional deadlift, man, I've seen dudes... If you don't... If you allow a down up, oh, my God. You could see someone scrap it out for, like, five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I think, like, ever, like, not everyone's necessarily, like, bench pressed or, like, squatted. But, like, I mean, the, picking something up off the ground is, like way more natural movement yeah. than like squat yeah. and bench so i think like you can just relate like the general public can relate to a deadlift way more yeah well that's true too and there is no question about like um depth and shit like that like there's yeah. less like i've been in competitions before everybody has where you're like um you get called for a little high and you're like i thought that felt good to me and then mm-hmm. like you get called a couple times high or the bench the pauses are a little tough and you're like god damn i'm having a tough day deadlifts rolls around and you're like well, you judges now are just going to watch because there's not really much you can call me on. Like, this is my time now. It's almost like a deadlifter's revenge where it's like, all right, sit back and watch. Give me my fucking down command and that's all I need. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, well, unless you're like Sean and get white lights and then <laughs> like find out 10 minutes later you didn't. Well, that's – yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Noriega, two th- for anyone listening, 2017 in, in Minx, Belarus. Yeah. Um, I was actually commentating that one. And um, so Sean Noriega – it's the world championships. He's a junior. And he yeah, hit, him and John Gruden's. Yes. Gruden. Or Deuce, or Deuce. Deuce. Yeah, Deuce. Yeah. And um, do, you, do you watch football at all? Yeah, yeah. John, do you know John Gruden? Uh, it sounds familiar. Then you don't watch football, my man. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Was that cool? He's a coach for the Raiders. <laughs> He's a coach for the Raiders. Oh, okay. He's famous. But um, so uh, Sean Norega and him went like battle. These are two Americans toe-to-toe. Went down to the very last deadlift. And then Sean Noriega pulls, hits his last dead, and, and that dead would win it. And I'm like, there you have it. Sean Noriega, the world champion. And I'm all given. And Sean's like on top of the – he just won the world champion. Yeah, like I, I closed my laptop after that. Like, I, <laughs> you I, I really? was working during it. Like I like you... closed my laptop, like went back to work. And, <laughs> and then like I get – I was in like a, the group chat for the Ohio State piloting team and like – I start just getting tons of notifications like what like Sean actually didn't win and I was like you know like bullshit yeah you like th- I just saw it you thought it, they'd be joking around with you like oh yeah I got you but no they yeah. they uh so then he pulled it mm-hmm. and the three judges I, was the three whites either way they he got it uh, right. no it was two two whites and a red two whites and, like, that's right because you need one he, red yeah. yeah yeah if there's three whites the the, uh, the jury or sorry the yeah the appeals couldn't come in but there was an appeal. By uh, the jury came forward and said we reviewed it and no we're taking away from the kid. Oh shit! And you're a junior. <laughs> yeah. He's a junior kid 
who literally and it was, was like won 10 the minutes after like like i think they had like all set up for like awards and everything at it that would, point dude yeah, it was be devastating that would be you think you're a world champion you're back celebrating you with your girl like danielle mellow's there like you're whatever you're probably you're on the phone with your mom i love you mom i love you too i, I always knew you could do it baby and it's like that moment and then some guy walks around the corner taps him on the shoulder excuse and he's like me, sir. excuse me sir uh, well, like to be fair when i saw it i was like uh, I don't know if that's going to get white light. It was close. Yes, fitty, fitty. It did look like he, like, bobbled or whatever at the top, but yeah. they got white. It's like, I don't think it was enough to, like, overturn it, though. It's it's one of those it's one of those tough calls. And look, at this is sports. It's always gonna be, there's always going to be controversial calls in sports. I remember commentating thinking, that was 50-50. But when they passed it, I'm like, all right, well, like, when it's 50-50, flip a coin, could go either way. They gave it to him. Cool. Yeah, that's but, exactly where I'm at, like. I don't think you can go back on that, though. Here's here's the thing. If he was, like, in fifth place, whatever. If he's, like, if this was, like, in the bench, but that was the winning deadlift, and he just won the world championships, that's really hard to take it away from the kid. Like, I would have a yeah. hard time. Like, if I was in the jury and I watched that, and this is, I don't even know if you should. You should, maybe when you're in a jury, you should not give a fuck. And you should just be like, I don't care what lift it is, what it, I'm going to take it, I'm going to call it the way I see it. But I would mm-hmm. feel terrible to be like, I'm going to take the world away from this kid who just won the world championship. That'd be hard, man. And then yeah. afterwards, they we went back on the air. They're like, you got to go back on the air and let everybody know who's watching what just happened. And I was like, Jesus, man, this is that's tough. Like, I felt wow. terrible. I was like, well, so. Like, I would just go in my room and just, like, cry. For <laughs> I, do. I would be, I would be devastated. Like, like. Danny, don't come in. <laughs> She's like, are you okay, John? The shower's been running for 20 minutes. <laughs> like, I can't I can't wash the filth off. I can't. Uh, just give me a goddamn minute. But, uh, <sighs> and, and he took it like a champ. When he was on the podium, I remember, like, I thought, I was like, this is going to be a very emotional podium medal ceremony. He took it like a fucking champ. Yeah, he didn't really, like, bitch about it either on social media, which was nice. No, I, mean, yeah. I probably would. I've been like, what the fuck, <laughs> I would have been on the podium. What the fuck? <laughs> fuck you! Fuck you! I think would have been like, Cat- yeah, I, I totally would have had the like the Michaela Maroney like not impressed face going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The world famous, exactly, man. He took it. He took a pretty, especially for a junior. You know, he's pretty mature in the moments. Yeah, like, I was gonna right. say he's pretty mature for. Yeah, How old he is. He took it. He took it like a champ. I would have been very upset. And then, um, and he decided actually to not come back into the juniors. And he's like, "Hey, fuck it, I'm I'm done with it." So you did um, the same because he. Well, he was going he, to, and he, then he, he got couldn't injured. go the next year. I don't because then Charlie Dixon beat him, or um, Charlie Dixon was the Charlie Dixon junior went, the next year. You know, it's weird because he hit he hit a total. That was hired Charlie Dixon. It's not the same. Wasn't at the Worlds. Sometimes shit changes when you go head to head. I think you might be right, but I remember talking to him. So he got injured in the most recent Worlds that just passed, and he was gonna go, thinking about going, and he didn't go. This is in Sweden. Charlie? Uh, no, Sean? no, Sean. Sean. He oh yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. I remember. And then he was thinking about going, but he didn't. And I remember asking him. I was like, "Man, are you sure?" Even if you're, because he's he's messing around some weights in the gym, and I'm like, you might not be a hundred percent. Like he could, we know he's hit eight hundred kilos. That's like I said the exact same thing. I was like, because like he pulled on, I'm like, dude, it's still like three months away. Like, 
you could you might be able to hit you could, you could roll in and hit like a 500 squat and your bench and deadlift will be enough to win it like so so this is what i was saying is um and i think a squat it would have dipped but he, he would have been all like he was doing some decent work i think he was taking like yeah i think he hit like a it was like a mid fives like at least I'm like you're gonna be you're gonna be back up to like 600 at least like. yeah you'll hit if, if he hit his 600 he, he would have had it and I remember him yeah. telling me, um, you know what, the way I see juniors, it's four guys who would be like, you know, when you're on the up and coming. But I see, I see myself, if I've hit 800 kilo total, and he has, um, I think I'm up there with Russell and Brett. And he probably is in terms of total 800 to 830, like he's in there. But I was <laughs> like thinking, man, if you have an opportunity to win a world title and this is your last one, on the flip side, he's probably telling himself, I'm gonna. I, I think I'm confident I could win one in the open. So it's like what is yeah. tough. I don't know, man. I think I would have just said, "Fuck it, I'm taking, I'm eating whatever foods on the table, and I'm going for it." But, yeah, uh, I mean, because you can you can win that one, and you'd still have the goal of winning an open. Yeah, I think but. that's true. It doesn't necessarily close the door on that. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah. I, and, but, I mean, at the same time, I I skipped going to junior yeah, world to good open true. too. So. <laughs> So it's, I get it too. It's true, and it works both ways. Like uh, like Russell, uh, the one year he went against Brett, and everyone's like, "Oh man, this is going to be a good showdown." And then Brett beats him in the open, and it's like, "Ah shit!" If he would have went junior, he would have won. But then Russell's like, "Trust me, I just had a bad day. Watch when I have a good day." And then next year he ends up winning. So it's one of those twenty twenty hindsight situations, right? Yeah. Like you got to believe in yourself, I guess. You can't. I can never fault an athlete for believing in himself. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like, because I remember after I won Nationals in 2015, like, they gave me the choice, do I want to go, like, um, open or junior? Like, another, like, big lifter was like, oh, like, which are you going? Like, definitely open. Like, wow, you could, like, you could win in the junior. I'm like, I can win in the open. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's, it's, um, but it's not a given. Here's the thing. It's one of those... 80-20, 80-20, you win junior. Like, 20%. Yeah, well, I mean, like, and, and the, the whole reason I came, like, because I, I did a USAPL meet, then I went to, like, Raw Unity, and did, like, a UPA meet, and the whole reason I came back to, like, USAPL was to go head-to-head with Brett, so, like. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. It, it's, it's, at any point going into that, were you thinking to yourself, God, like, watching some training videos and be like, shit, man, you know what, maybe I should have put it in for junior. Like, did nah. you? No, you never, you were like, nah, I got this. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I was kind of like, oh, this is going to be tough. But I was never like, oh, I wish I'd gone junior. Yeah, yeah. Well, at some at a certain point, you're like caught in the moment. There's it's no backing out now. No sense even thinking that way once you signed up. It is what it yeah. is, right? Like, it's going to happen. And thank God, dude, I can't, you know how much powerlifting history would change if you didn't fucking do that? If you didn't go in the open, you went junior instead? You That'd know, be crazy. How anticlimactic this whole thing would be? You, you... Yeah, fuck, man. That's like the biggest IPF showdown and win, and it almost didn't happen. Thank God you did it. True. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know what, like, my career would have been like if I had done different, too. Like, that's, yeah. Even, even like, the fact that because it was against Brett, even if you're, like, a 93-kilo or 74-kilo guy, it wouldn't have been the same. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what this shit happened there, but for some reason, when you and Brett show down i've never seen something like that before i know every time you're on here i bring this up about how big that showdown <laughs> no, was I mean, like, but it I really mean, even, was even like comparing like i felt like 
it was just like at like the perfect time where like powerlifting was like just getting it like yeah. I feel like I kind of got in when like pop, like raw powerlifting was getting going and like yeah. um just yeah the the way that social media was like picking up on powerlifting like even like Ross being a bigger name lifter I felt like the hype behind like Hack versus Gibbs was almost like bigger than oh one hundred dude in terms of um. In terms of the amount of people in powerlifting that were hyped for Hack versus Gibbs, it was like 100% of the people. Like, I think this day and age, it's more spread. Russell's a massive, massive star right now, but mm-hmm. the, there's more showdowns at this Worlds to be excited about, so it wasn't just about Russell Brett. Whereas 2016, your guy's showdown so badly overshadowed all the other great matchups. Like, fucking SBD was taking shots of you guys eyeball to eyeball like a fucking boxing match like it was crazy (laughs) i remember seeing that i'm like this is this is insane you guys changed the presidents i know i said this before but you guys changed how we do the ipf telecast like we never like like we ahead of your showdown we had never done an intro where the camera comes on to the commentators and you actually do an interlude into what people are about to watch only because of your showdown they said six-pack Tell us, tell the viewers everything you've been telling us all week leading into this because I was hyped. Wait, wait. Shit Does out. the IPF call you six pack? Like, do they go by your your uh, Instagram name too? That's in my rider. That's in my <laughs> that's rider. A- that's on set. I got red M and M's. Okay, I got I got <laughs> only flat. the red ones. I got only the red ones. If, if I find a brown one, oh, oh, oh buddy, oh I, oh, oh, oh buddy, somebody loses a job. Um, somebody loses a job. Um, but. Uh, and so they turned a the camera and they said, everything you've been saying, say it into the camera because I was hyping the fuck <laughs> out of it. And you know what's funny? Um, Martin, who uh, he's, he doesn't do the IPF ones anymore. He does uh, European championships. Yeah. But, but the co-commentary of Martin, the Scottish guy, when we saw the openers and Brett's openers were heavy as fuck, he was mm-hmm. like, yo, you, you sure this is going to be as competitive as you were – talking about this whole time and i'm like yeah no i'm a little shocked by the openers too i think he changed them as we got closer yeah he dropped them and i always like open super light like i i, I mean like look at the tribute i missed my first two and i still bumped it up by like 30 kilos yeah yeah like i was planning on going up to like 705 710 so it was gonna be like like my planned attempts were like 628 677 and then like between 700 and 710. Yeah. So that's why you can't go by openers. Like, and this, yeah. this is what I was telling him. was like, man, it's going to be a battle. And, um, Good luck. so like, I think, I think that's like one mistake, like beginners make, like they, I go into a meeting thinking like my opener is not going to be part of my total. Like, so I don't give a shit what it's going to be hitting on my opener. And that's exactly what I say. They're like, well, I want it big enough that if I miss, I'm like, bro, if, if your opener goes towards your total, uh, some disastrous. Stroke. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be a disappointment regardless. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and you only if you have nine lifts and you do all top end ninety percentile range or whatever the shit. I don't know. I'm not gonna do the math in my head, but if it's all clustered at the top of your abilities, all nine lifts, your last deadlift is gonna be whatever you think it's gonna be. Drop it by mm-hmm. like twenty five kilo because you're gonna be exhausted. Like you can't yeah. you can't play up in that range that long. Mm-hmm. I think is the biggest. But. Um, but yeah, in terms of like uh, what that showdown did, we did tons of changes, man. And after that, it, you guys and you guys produced, man, it would suck 
if like you were Brett bombed and there was no <laughs> show oh, yeah. would, after we do the lead in, like I did a whole lead in saying, this is our Ali Frazier. This is our, you know, all the big sports rivalries saying, this is what we're about to watch. And then John Heck bombed. Honestly, <laughs> I'm like going into my third squat. Like that's how I felt for uh, the tribute. I was like, I was like, God, I'm gonna be look, I'm gonna look like a fucking idiot if, I'm <laughs> no, if I bomb. Shit. And I've been like talking about how I want to go 2K this whole time. Yeah, yeah. What was the plan for the tribute? Were you because Jesse Norris posted that um, 2033? Was the plan yeah. 2K? Was the plan 2033? Or was the plan? Let's see what we have. Minimum 2K. Good day 2033. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like I went into it thinking like, all right, if like everything's like if I hit. All my thirds, like twenty thirty three, will be there, and then like I, I think I was going like, I was like all right, seven ten squat, five twelve to five eighteen bench, and then like eight oh four to uh, eight ten deadlift would have been what I needed, I think, mm. and or yeah, I think that adds up. Oh, eight seventeen maybe, I can't remember. No, it, yeah, it would have been like eight oh four, which is totally uh, there. And yeah, like I. Just felt, I felt like if I had gotten those squats, it probably would have been there. Like, squats were feeling really good. I was a little nervous because, like, when I, when I was warming up for squats, um, my arms were, like, I feel like I just felt like they, like, felt like jello. I'm like, fuck, I don't know if I'm going to be able to bench today. Like, I don't know, like, it feels like just, like, the, the like, glycogen hasn't, like, replenished very well, but... Like once I once I squatted and got like locked in, it just like felt like it like kind of drove the, the energy back into my arms. Isn't it weird how like sometimes you feel a certain way, like oh shit, I don't know, but I, like like just like you said, like my arms feel a little weak. This feels a little, but when you get out there on the platform, the weights are shifting and you move it, and you're like oh shit, okay, well yeah. never mind then. It doesn't matter what I feel like. We're good. Yeah. Like I don't know if it's just the central nervous system takes over or what it is, or if it's just nerves. I, I, but yeah, I, I could have been. I know exactly what you mean, where sometimes I'm like, I don't, something's weird with my arms, something's weird with my legs. I'm walking around. I don't know if the weight water cut was bad. You get out there, and you're strong as fuck anyways. And you're like, well, I can't. Ex- okay. <laughs> I just, this. That I, I was guess. actually me for uh, my meet in April. Because, like, I don't know, just, like, going to the meet, and I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not really hyped. Like, it's a small local meet. Like, I just don't feel like I'm not, and I'm not excited about this meet. Like, it's going to be, like, basically another training day. Like, squats have been feeling, like, really shit this whole train cycle and then end up being, like, a really good day. Like, even during warm-ups, I'm like, ah, I don't feel that great. And then, like, on the platform, everything just moves so well. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, and like, you just start chasing Like, I, pro- I was good for 2K that day, I felt like. Yeah. It is, it's crazy. Like, is it going to start getting hard to get up for local meets? Or are you thinking it's a bit of a mind game, right? Like, it's hard to yeah. picture, like, 10 years down the road. Like, John Hacks now in his 30s. If you go up to a local meet after everything you've done and you've done like a bunch of shit, like it's, is it hard to picture doing this for like another 10 years and getting up for like a local meet chasing numbers? Um, I mean, I, I'm, that was like my first local meeting. I don't know how long. Um, the only, the only reason I did that was like after the tribute last year and like I kept having like the quad issues, I was kind of like, you know what? I need to do like kind of like soft reset on my my lifting career basically and like yeah. just do a meet and like no stress no big meet no big matchup just hit like a decent total where i can build on that yeah it, but, and 
And it was the first UP, uh, USPA meet in Wisconsin, so I kind of wanted to do that. Yeah, yeah. It is like, in terms of finding motivation, like, when do you think you're going to pack it up? Like, is, do you think it'd be hard? Like, I've talked to people who, um, they've stepped away because, like, there's, it's, I don't know, I wouldn't say they stopped loving it, but they stopped embracing the grind. And then if you, when you, you know, you show up to a competition and you're, like, trying to pretend you're hyped for it, you're about to lift and you're, like, trying to manufacture some hype and you're like oh shit it's just not it's not there like, i actually like thought about that i'm like you know what like maybe i'll do it till like i'm 30 and then i'll like i'll feel like i'm like content with where i'm like if i'm feeling like i've accomplished all that i want but then i was like you know what like my mentality at least like right now like i'm not gonna want to stop and feel like i still have more potential so yeah. it's i don't I mean, know i've been in- as long as i feel like i can hit PRs, I'm gonna probably keep going. And that's the big thing. Like the biggest, I've been in situations where I'm going to the gym and I'm like trying to talk myself and they get hyped up for singles and shit, and it's just not there. And sometimes I'll take like breaks from powerlifting. Not, I'll never stop lifting weights, but in terms of like pushing for big singles, etc. But like, um, I don't, I don't see myself like stopping, stopping. Even if like eventually, like, do you think if your numbers, you know, your numbers start coming back down from age or whatever, do you think you'll stop then, or do you think? I'm looking yeah, at I think I'll I think I'll stop then. At least like competing, I'll probably still I, you know, I plan to lift the rest of my life. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Once once I start like like I <laughs> I don't see myself being a day Brooks. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I'm sixty. Shit, I cause I can't imagine how's this dude doing it. He's oh like, my god! And every time he lifts, I'm like, he looks like he's just like in pain. I'm just like, <laughs> oh my god! Like it's just like his face, but I'm just like. It, it would you think like the dude was um, 175 years old and went toe to toe with Jesse Norris and damn near pulled off an upset? <laughs> it's like how the hell, man? How That's crazy? If he was doing this in the early 90s and then like 2000, <laughs> I don't know, 15, 16, whatever the shit it was, him and Jesse Norris of all people, Jesse Norris are going toe to toe and it goes down to the deadlifts. How does how does this old man tell himself like? Here we go again. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> here we go again for like the two thousandth time. Like, how are you still here? How are oh you still like, in the mix? He is, he is like Superman. I don't get it. Man of Steel. He literally is. And and like, can you picture yourself, John Hack, being like fifty five years old, some twenty three year old kid who wasn't even born when you battled it out with <laughs> Brett Gibbs? You you be talking about the Brett the Brett Gibbs battle, and he'd be like, who? Who the, is, who the fuck is that? Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I do not. Can you picture that? I'll be going that long. I know. I can't even wrap my head around what this man must have been through. True story. Here's funny because you know, like his nickname Superman, right? And um, yeah. and justly so. But when he was in Calgary, um, a Canadian guy it was going like was like seated number two, and David Ricks was in the Masters. I think he's like Master Two. Um, so uh, the Canadian guy is seated number two, but he's like, yeah, but I'm going against. Like fucking Superman, like so. I'm I'm like at best gonna get a silver medal. David Ricks would be competitive in the open, and this Canadian guy, he told me he competed once ten years ago as an M1 and one competed once like he, he like comes back once every ten years. Came back for his M2 fucking appearance. I guess I'll see you in ten years as an M3, <laughs> and and um compete against David Ricks. David Ricks bombs out and he wins the gold medal and he goes, holy shit, I just beat Superman. <laughs> he's like... This. No, Superman beat himself. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but that's not how he's going to tell the story. So yeah. then he's like, oh, I'm like, bro... Because there is kryptonite, man. <laughs> imagine, 
like a co- a condescending sarcastic interview like that where you're like and here's kryptonite here's fucking uh but um, yeah man and he's like i'll see you guys in 10 years and i'm like <laughs> he'll milk that story for 10 more years for sure um so what what is what is the next on the horizon for yourself because you uh, you probably Pro had the next big one in australia in march and they have funky weight classes Yes, so I am competing in the 95 kilo weight class, so it's like 210. Are you going to be 95, or are you going to go for Jesse Norris's 90 kilo? Uh, I thought about that. I'm going to like, so like my number one goal is to win the meet, and uh, it's also knee wraps too, and it's oh. two hour weigh in. Are you going to so, knee wrap? I guess if you're going to, are you going to knee wrap? Because that's a potential injury for you. No. I'm, so I'm going to kind of train with the idea that like, probably like, 10 weeks out, I'll decide, like, all right, like, do I think, like, I'm in a spot where I can win weighing in at 198 without knee reps? Like, I also look at what other guys are, like, hitting. On one foot? Why not, eh? Like, <laughs> holy shit. I'm going to yeah. give up 10 pounds and take off the knee reps. Damn. Um, and if not, then I'll probably, like, plan on weighing in around, like, 205, 207-ish. Yeah, yeah. And then... Yeah, so if uh, I'm, I'm picturing, I'll probably have to go like 205. But here's the thing, too: like, if you really want to win that one, because there's, there's, there's a check involved, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, but also like, I just want to win. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Marcos, the guy that runs it, like, he's like, ah, oh, we've never had a non-Australian win. I'm like, well, that's gonna change. <laughs> yeah, well, guess <laughs> you ain't never had John Hack neither. <laughs> Um, have you heard of me? I'm pretty good. But uh, so do you think like that win when you're looking at it? Because here's the thing, like that win would be nice, obviously. But in, mm-hmm. term, but in terms of that 90 kilo, 2033 total, historically speaking, my God, man, like in terms of in terms of weighing the win versus the historical significance, if you came in at 90 kilo, I think yeah, everybody, I'll, I think it would, I can like the. The 90 kilo record will like, and I guess if someone else beat the 198, but that's like the weird thing about untested is that like the, there's not a big population of like knee sleeves lifters. Most of the untested worlds in rats, which yeah. kind of annoys me. And annoys me too. Uh, Cause you, you're, it's, there's fewer in the untested, right? Like I think the IPF, like in the tested has more individuals competing. So it's more. Yeah, like, for sure. So then when you split up, the lifters even further into knee wrapped, sleeved, monolift, non monolift. We're getting more and more split up. You know, it's it's tougher. Mm-hmm. But but the significance of that twenty thirty three. Look, look at let's be honest. I think most people didn't even fucking know about the twenty thirty three in two thousand fifteen by Jesse Norris until what you did in tribute. You you did yeah. that. I honestly, I I, I think that's. Uh, the 2015 he did with like the two hour weigh in and the USAPL me was like almost more impressive. Uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I mean, you could you could argue that as well. What do you? What do you, I mean, what do you think? I, is think most, pulled, I think he pulled out a deadlift bar for that meet actually. For the it was in USAPL, but it was like a deadlift bar. Yeah, you watch the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Weird enough. USA, yeah. Um, so, what do you think of the three? Well, first off, before I ask you this question, so in terms of like significance. I like I do believe what you did at Tribute, a lot of people who came into powerlifting after 2015 found out about Jesse Norris's big 2033. There was memes made, I was sharing them and shit. Like it was everyone, it's almost like what you did 
shine a spotlight because Jesse Norris isn't even competing anymore right now. It kind of brought back that storyline, which is great for some people who didn't know about it. And now, mm-hmm. there, and now there's a storyline there. It, it, even if previously leading into tribute, knowing like some people didn't even know about it. Now I think like everybody fucking we had a podcast debating it. It's like a storyline. It's like a and powerlifting. You know as well as I do, like, when the John Hack, Brett Gibbs situation comes, you fucking make hay while the sun shines and milk it because we don't got a lot of them. Because mm-hmm. there's a storyline there, it's almost like people want to see you do it now because, like, now it's like... If, yeah, put us, like, if I, you, even, I even thought about, like, maybe I'll do, like, a meet in, like, January or February, or, like, maybe I'll do, like, the hybrid full meet this year and, like, you know, just... Hit like twenty thirty four or something like that. That's dude. Because so, t- like I'm hoping that like at that point in the like one ninety eight class without cutting or anything like that. Yeah. Like I'm pretty confident in that. I I think though like honestly you made a storyline happen. Sometimes you just gotta shoot fits kick it. Like if you announce, hey everybody, I'm gonna do a ninety kilo and I'm going after this. Everybody and their fucking mother are gonna watch that. And hybrid would be happy as shit if you did it at their competition. Yeah. They'd be like, oh hell yeah, John, please do. Um, I also want to ask you about. Maybe do it at uh, maybe do uh, record breakers the same meet that Jesse oh, did. Oh shit, dude, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, man, that's a really good idea. Um, and record base, record breakers would be happy as hell to have you. Yeah, look at maybe that. I'll do that. We're just snowballing off this right now. <laughs> Is this the announcement? Did it when just happen? November? I don't even know. <laughs> this is the unofficial announcement. It's sort of, <laughs> it's a definite maybe. maybe. <laughs> it's a definite maybe. <laughs> Um, I want to ask you, too, about Strength Cartel. How did that hook up? Um, so my girlfriend lives in SoCal, and I was there for a couple weeks for work. And so I trained at uh, SoCal Powerlifting because that's where she trains. And Big Boy, like, saw me there, and he messaged me. He's like, hey, man, like, I'm a big fan. Like, I'd love for you to, like, come and work out. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> so I went and, like, ended up. I got deadlifts that day, and I was just like, you know what? I'm feeling, like, pretty good right now. Like, maybe it's good. Maybe 800 is finally going to be there. And it was. And then uh, Big Boy messaged me earlier that night. He's like, hey, man, I like, really loved, like, lifting with you. Love to have you part of the team. And, yeah. So, so, over. so what is it, like, in terms of part of the team, um, what is the team in terms of the agreement? Um, like, are you, like, is it the supplement line? Like, what, what line yeah, is it? Yeah, mostly the supplement line, gotcha. I think, is, like, the main. Seriously? And then apparel, too. And, so you're a sponsored athlete is basically what it yes, is. Yes, exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. And his big boy, see, I, how are these guys when you meet them? When you see them on social media, these look like some intimidating dudes. They're the nicest guys. It's so funny. Like, I was, I was like, uh, talking with some of my coworkers last night, and they're just like, it's like, Big Joe, who's, uh. Dude, Big Joe, came, holy like, he's like, shit. He looks like the scariest guy. I'm like, just like. I was like, no, he's like literally one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Dude, Big Joe looks like um, a background actor of every jail movie I've ever seen. The dude is scary as shit. He looks yeah. like, he looks like, like, yeah, 100%. You, you, if he's in a room, everybody's <laughs> quiet as kept. Nobody's saying. But that's what I was told. We had, I had Pitbull Torres on. And he's like, man, these are good, solid dudes. Like, like mm-hmm. don't judge a book by the cover, basically. Yeah. And, and yeah, they, they're, they're so nice. And they flew in. Did they fly in for your tribute meet? Yep. And 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 supported in the whole nine. Like that's pretty cool too. Yeah. So was yeah, it? I mean, they made that like sweet video. I don't know if you saw it or yeah. not. Yeah, 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 yeah. They did. It's like man, they do. They they kick ass on social media. Like they're well, marketing. Because uh, I sent them the uh, like the videos like Danny Mello and Amanda Lawrence, like SPD Taiwan put out. Yeah. And I'm like, 
damn, these are, like, I posted on my, my story, I'm like, damn, these are fucking sick, and they're like, yeah. we can do that. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, we got a guy, we're going to make it happen. <laughs> yes. Did you see freaking um, Russell, or he, your boy Russell, uh, well, it wasn't him, one of them took my predictions off the King of the List podcast, and then freaking took my commentary off the worlds when I predicted him to lose to Brett. And then they, they <laughs> kind of put together a video of me being like, Yeah, it was on uh, BTN. Yeah, right? man. I was like, Oh shit, I got I got to eat my crow. I like totally. Damn. I should, I should have done that with when you guys did the Who's the Goat for 83. That's exactly what I was I was getting at. Like, you, I think is you. Honestly, that podcast like pissed me off. But, like, <laughs> You, I'm, like, happy about it because, like, that's, like, what motivates me is when someone's like, yeah. oh, no, this guy. Like, you're good, but this guy's better. I'm just like, fuck, yeah, he's not. Exactly. Like, the hell he's not. We got to chase history here. Yeah. Um, that's why I really want you to do 90 Kilo 2033 because I think it's a phenomenal story. And then you take – you get a supplement. You tell Big Boy, take the fucking King of the List podcast, and we're going to make this guy look like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's do that. You already have sound bites lined I'll, I'll, up. I'll get that one You because uh, you guys – I listened to that podcast and I was like, I actually agreed with that. I'm like, you know what? That like, I think it's hard to like compare that, but that's the bigger weight. So it is. Well, it's more, um, plus cause he's a junior. It's hard for me to wrap my head around the fact he was, how old was he when he did that? Uh, that was what? 2015, I think. 15. Yeah. The Reebok record breakers is 2015. Yes. Yeah, so he, uh, 22. I think we're the same age, right? I don't see Jesse's one of those dudes because you know he stopped powerlifting like he's either twenty two or twenty three. He'll have been twenty two, I think. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure we're the same age, and because I was twenty three in twenty sixteen for Worlds. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you guys are the same age. See, Jesse's one of those dudes, and you are too. You're like forever young to me. Like I'm forty, so you guys are all young as shit. But when I picture you guys, like when I. Because you won as a junior and everything. You're going to be like 35 years old and be like, that fucking kid's strong. And I'm like, Cause, cause he's got some potential. He's know. got some potential. Keep your eye on that kid. But um, <laughs> but like some people, like I just, when I, it would be one of those situations where if you hear, oh, so-and-so's 30, I'd be like, how is that possible? How is this guy 30 already? But, um, but yeah, no, Jesse was young. And I think the, also because when he did that, like, in 2015, it was crazy. In 2015, uh, like Brendan Allen was saying, like heavyweights hitting 2,000 ki- like pounds was insane. For this yeah. guy to do that, it was like unfathomable. 2,000 pounds this day and age, what you did is crazy as well. Like we're splitting hairs. Let's be honest. Both mm-hmm. those, like those were like like so close in terms of significance. It's hard to split it. Um, but that's why I think we need one more go at that. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I have, like, no doubt that, like, as long as I stay, like, healthy, I'll I'll get that, but, yeah, you know. Do it in 90 kilo, and I think it's, boom, that would be a fucking, I would love to have, if you announce you're going 90 kilo, the thing is, though, I couldn't, I was just about to say I would have a preview show, but I think almost everybody would be like, are you fucking kidding me? Obviously, he's going to hit it. He only needs to put (laughs) on 33 pounds, and he's going up a weight class. It's (laughs) kind of, it's kind of for sure, but still, we could talk about it afterwards. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I like. Do, I don't like doing the preview show because then if I say I'm like, I think like the two K was like the first time I've said like a number that I want to hit. It's t- and, it's weird how the pressure works like that, eh? Because like I, I don't like it because I'm just like ah, oh, if I don't hit this, I'm gonna look stupid. Well, sort of. I think you were bound. Like, to I, like I'm confident in my own abilities, but like I don't like to yeah go around talking about it. Yeah, 
It's better to just... Uh, so did Jesse know you were trying to hit 2033? Because when he said that, he's like, when you know, you know. Like, did he know? What the shit? Does he... Uh, Word gets back to him. Hey, heads up. John Hack's going to go for your 2033. I don't know. Because, like, I only told, like, uh, maybe, like, a handful of people I was playing on. Like, you, you have a most, most people knew I was going for 2K, but I only told, like, like Joey... Uh, like Joey was one of the guys I told him, like, you know what, if everything goes well, I want to hit 2033. Hey, so, and Joey knows Jesse, so maybe you, he told him. I don't know. You got a mole in your team, buddy. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta flush him out. Those handful of people, you gotta start going backtracking, make a list. Okay, there's five people I gotta fucking interrogate. Who's the source? But uh, sounds good. Listen, we've had you on for, for an hour 15. Appreciate your time, my friend, as always. And um, so keep us in the loop. If you're going to do like the hybrid or whatever the shit, let me know. Even if I do a preview show, I don't necessarily mean with you on it, but I got to have you on after if you break Jesse Norris's record for sure. All right, and, definitely. <laughs> and good luck in training, my friend. As always, door is always open. Thank you very much for coming on. Is there anybody you want to give a shout out to or uh, thank uh, yous before? Yeah, shout out to my sponsors, uh, A7, Strength Cartel, and uh, Hybrid. Yep. As... As always, uh, my man, yeah. thank you for thank you for everything. Good luck in training and stay healthy, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. See you, buddy. See ya. And there you have it, Ooh. sir. Um, yeah, I'm glad we got him on. Had a chance to talk about the tribute, uh, but he was chasing that 2033 total, which is 907.5 kilos, which is fucking ridiculous. That is uh, a big or no? Total. No, 2,000 pounds was 907.5 kilo. That's what he hit. Right, so right. he wanted, at minimum, a 2,000-pound total. I wasn't joking. 2015, like a few years ago, a super heavyweight would want to hit a 2,000-pound total. This guy was and weighing it at 181. Later, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. And it just makes it... So as insane as that is, it just makes it even crazier that in 2015, a junior like Jesse Norris was hitting like a 2033 total, which is in kilos. Yeah, for the time period. Like, like that 920. Is just, yeah, it's just, it's hard. You to, wouldn't even think of it, like living 2015, someone hits that. 2015 total. super heavyweights would love uh, a 920 kilo total. I think that's what, or 922 and a half, whatever, 2033. And this kid was a junior who was a 90 kilo guy weighing in, around, like he's, I mean, he's, so he weighed in at 198. Um, and he probably walked around around 200 ish. He doesn't cut very much. And he was hitting into the, into that type of total. Like it's just mind boggling what he was doing. And he's a junior. So that's where it's like, it's tough. Whenever you're trying to split hairs, whose performance was more impressive to you? Cause John Hack was a weight class below. Right. He had the water cut. So exactly. it's, it's uh, a tough call. Both it's tough, clearly, man. Yeah. Like we're splitting hairs. It's you do the debate anyways, because it's fun. And it's a sports. Oh, like it's for sure. some people are like, can't you just say kudos to both? Well, no shit. You kid, but it's of not course. Fun. <laughs> well, well, like you do. I think the fact that you're even debating it is a kudos to both. When the debate is what is the greatest fucking performance of all time, isn't that kudos? Isn't it? Like the fact that you're in the discussion. Listen, if anybody's ever debating who's the better athlete, six pack Lapidat or Usain Bolt asshole that's a fucking compliment i don't deserve like you know what i mean like that's a compliment i'm not upset there's a debate but um but and the fact that you have these debates you got to have these debates other sports have these debates who's the greatest this of all time who's the greatest who's the greatest quarterback of all time this is how obviously interest in the, in the sport grows but um yeah it was tough man we had that so that's why and and i honestly believe 
Because how much has sports grown since 2015? If you look at how many people now compete as opposed to how many people did in 2015, um, like we were saying earlier, CrossFit, the most people who watch CrossFit are people who do CrossFit. The reason right, why right. the reason why more people watch CrossFit than powerlifting and they could pack a stadium, far more people do CrossFit. Yeah, so, so So when you think about it that way, in 2015, a fraction of the people actually paid attention to powerlifting. So it's kind of cool when John goes for a, a historical total that happened four years ago, which doesn't seem like a long time ago for powerlifting, that's ancient history. People who didn't even know about the 2033 from Jesse Norris now get brought up. Yeah, and now, as you were saying earlier, it shines light on what he It shines light, and, and the historical significance becomes greater, and he gets brought back into the limelight, and people who might not have known the athlete Jesse was, it gets revisited, and like, I like that. I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't know about it until a few weeks ago either. Well, you weren't, <laughs> like, you weren't to soccer. You were doing other sports and shit. Like, it was just different, right? Like, you know the current, obviously. You're mm-hmm. here, every, like, every other week doing podcasts and watching the IPF Worlds and shit, but... Yeah, man, like it's a, that's why I like these historically significant events. And then when we have a show and someone's going for it, yeah, let's debate it. So people who didn't know yesteryear get to learn about some historically significant events in our sport. And in, in 10 fucking years, if there's a new John Hack who comes out of nowhere and he's going after all of the shit that John Hack's doing these, this day and age, let's go back and let's compare the new kid to John Hack. Start that timeline. Start it all over so people who didn't know who John Hack was revisit it. And it's more a kudos. It's a tip of the hat to the legends who came before. It's not a, a knock. Mm-hmm. It's, that's why I don't get that mentality. I'm like, no, this is good. Mm-hmm. So, dudes argue sports. Like, you give me and my boys get together and put 10 beers each in us. And what do you think we're going to debate? We're going to go fucking yelling in each other's faces about sports, man. Oh, it's like, the same you... like in any sport when you're comparing like Michael Jordan to like who's better, like LeBron, LeBron James or yeah, Michael Jordan. Like, people get so heated about the discussion. It's good though. I so love it. That builds a sport when you have the it... discussions in passing as well. Who's the asshole in the room who's like, come on guys, just give them both their kudos and leave it at that. Don't debate who's better, LeBron James or, or Jordan. Can't we just say they're both good? Yeah, can't we just say they're both good and sit in silence for the rest of the night and drink our beer? <laughs> you know what I mean? Who's that fucking guy? When I posted... They aren't sipping on a beer. They're sipping yeah, on some he, like, colorful, yeah. colorful, pretty drink over there. Your, your fucking breezer or whatever the shit they call them. Yeah, exactly. Um... I remember when I posted the debate, which which one was bigger, uh, and I posted, we're going to dispute this, we're going to debate this on the podcast later, and that's one guy's comment. One dude put, come on guys, can we just give kudos, like everyone else was actually weighing in on the debate. Right. Well, here's why I think Jesse, well, here's why I think John, and it makes it fun. One guy came in, it was like, come on guys, can we just give kudos to both and leave it at that? Why do we have to debate? And I commented like, because we're dudes and we, <laughs> we, we, girls comp, like girls are up with their, in terms of the, the women's sports, they're not as into it. Historically speaking, there's a reason why there's more women in the world than men, but the women's NBA doesn't have the viewership. It'd be fucking great if like they all watched and supported the women's NBA. You wouldn't even need a single man to watch and that league would be fucking thriving and making millions of dollars. Right, right. Um, so when I say this because we're dudes is what we do, that's all I mean. I'm not saying girls can't jump in. In powerlifting, what's beautiful is we have not quite parity but almost in terms of women and men watching and right, women and men competing. Right. Yeah. We're one of the few sports where women will jump in there and be like, are you kidding me? Let me join this debate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's the stereotypical 
typical dudes getting together, drinking beer, arguing sports. Because most other sports aren't nearly as heavily supported on the women's side. That's true. But our sport actually 100% is. Like, you could straight up get a debate, and there's actually the last... And you have, like, the females, like, Marianne, who just have, like, ungodly Wilk scores. It's it's funny you said that. Yeah, we just had her on the last podcast, 100%. Um, We are one of those sports where, like, we're almost at parity. If you think about major sports in the world, in terms like parity for viewership and the whole nine... And how this, the depth of competition, we're kind of getting off the John Hack, Jesse Norris, but let, let the conversation flow. Um, I don't know if there's another sport that rivals our parody we have with women, men. Sure, if you I think about to, it, if you think to. off the top of your head, like in terms of viewership and support from the women for the other women doing it, we fucking, I don't think anybody's yeah, got what we got. Because if you honestly think about the population. Like, there might be another niche sport out there, but. <laughs> but we're big. Like, yeah. like, like we're okay. We're powerlifting is not as big as like baseball, football, yeah, soccer. Yeah. But we're not it's as growing. It's we're growing. not as niche as maybe CrossFit. Now that we brought that up earlier, CrossFit's women's division I think is booming as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I don't. Yeah, it's just weird, eh? How mm-hmm. like um, these newer sports were kind of CrossFit's still niche too, but not we're not as niche as we used to be. Mm-hmm. We're getting more and more mainstream. Every there was a time when nobody knew what the fuck powerlifting was. I'd have to tell them. Look, they thought I was a bodybuilder. Yeah. Or they thought I was like an Olympic weightlifter. And I'm right. like, nah, it's squat, dead bench. Most people know what it is now and understand it. A decent understanding anyways. Mm-hmm. But um, but anyways, yeah. So getting back to the hack. I'm, I'm glad we had John Hack on there and, and asked him his view on that and his view on tribute. And even though I'm now in like six months time, if he goes into 90 kilos, like he almost took... 2033 at 181, like the 82.5 kilo class. Mm-hmm. If he goes up a weight class, 90 kilo, and doesn't have to cut it all, and and goes for 20, he only has to put 33 pounds on a 2,000 pound total, which is like, I'm not going to do the math, but that's like a 1% increase. He could, like, it's almost for sure, but I think because the storyline is there, it'd be pretty damn cool oh, for him to take that. Even if, like, he wouldn't... Look, he's not going to put 33 pounds on it, or 15 kilo for anybody who's um, not North American listening. He's going to take that, and he could run with it and, and go way over 2033 and do, like, God knows what at 90 kilo. I would like to see it. It'll be exciting. Just because the storyline's there. And yeah. in powerlifting, everyone wants a storyline, and we need a conclusion. As opposed to... Went for this. Everyone made a big deal about it. Hit a two k two k total, and um, there's a big debate about it. And then yeah, we don't want to what if we want to we want to see what happens. Don't move <laughs> past it yet because of powerlifting. We love a good story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, we'll see what he he ends up doing. But uh, so as always, everybody listening, put this in your stories. I will repost it because um, look at I say time and time again, people who come on here like Garrett Fear came on here and his podcast blew up. And people didn't know Garrett Fear's story. And once they heard Garrett Fear's story, they're like, my God, that was phenomenal. Like, it's, it's like some of these people's stories that you see on the stream, you see on Instagram, and you actually hear their story. You're like, people, this needs to be heard. People need to hear this inspirational and, and just like, oh, some people's stories like, oh, inspiring. I remember I saw you right after I did the Garrett Fear podcast. You were at the gym. And I was like, my man, I can't. Get the story out of my head, and I start Man, telling I it tell to you. everyone I, I meet that story, dude. <laughs> it's like I can't stop thinking about it. Um, but not only that, but even like so, even if you already know John Hack's story, even just hearing like we just said the the historical significance of some of these debates, what he's trying to do, put it into significance. 
Historically speaking, going after Jesse Norris is what we thought at the time would be untouchable. We thought it would never fall, and here's John Hack chasing it down. It might very quickly surpass it. I mean, it, it is tip of the hat kudos. This is what our sport needs if it's going to grow. And people get start getting more and more into it when you hear these kind of stories, when you hear these kind of debates. Just like other sports got, historically speaking, they're John Elway's and Joe Montana's and who's better, this, that, or whatever. Um, we can do the same. Oh, you know, that's how we're going to grow. So help it grow by putting it in your stories. I will repost as usual and give us high ratings from Six Pack Lapidat. Kathy Fitness. Peace.